Decepticum. But hey, everybody. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Okay, so you got Tony. You got everything. You've listened to enough episodes. You know how you're supposed to set everything up. <laughs> I've got my scotch going. I've got everything going good. So, yep. I dig it. I even figured out the push to talk and made sure it worked properly. It's nice to have guys who are willing to take the extra effort to make sure it works properly. <laughs> I know when you when you were testing it out on Tuesday, it kind of brought a tear to my eye because even I don't put that kind of effort in. It's usually ten minutes before I realize, oh shit. <laughs> well, being a dr, I have I plan so much ahead that it's kind of built into my normal life as I have to plan. So I have to do things ahead of time. That's probably for the best. All right, so um. Are- Right, so we'll start recording, and then uh, I guess uh, we'll get started. We all ready to go? Yeah. I'm good. All right, Tony, don't fuck shit up. You were doing so well. What's going on over there? (laughs) Already. Okay, we're good to go. I had to get off the recording box. Yeah, yeah. If it's active, it'll it'll fuck shit up. Yeah, also I had the text-to-speech on, so every time somebody did something, (laughs) it would repeat it, so I had to make sure that got turned off. Oh, but then you're going to miss out on us like typing in bad words and you being able to listen to them. So that is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, that would that would crack me up. <laughs> I, I I'd probably start laughing as it is. Things have been kind of funny. I've been going a little babe shit, anyways, and I haven't had much to drink. So it could be a very interesting um, podcast on my side. That's for sure. Very good. Very that's good. Good. That's good to hear. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is the uh, advance after. Okay, it's the Advanced After Combat <laughs> Podcast. That's, that's staying in. It's a uh, podcast about uh, wargaming and uh, us doing wargaming and people we know that wargame and other stuff like that. Uh, this is an explicit podcast, uh, not meant for children under the age of maybe two years old. <laughs> Keep the toddlers away from the podcast. Um, this podcast is brought to you by myself, Dave, uh, Jason. Hello. I'm hearing heavy breathing. That? <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a breathy Tony. <laughs> and Tony. Tony. And his Hello. CPAP. Tony and his CPAP. <laughs> Woo. It's Welcome. the scotch already. I like so. it. I like it. <laughs> oh, right. Dave, I, I do got to say something real quick. You've already sure. kind of gave your warning. I have to give, if for some reason, some of strange one of my students, if you're hearing this, get off. I don't want you to hear this. So turn it off. Okay. There's my, there we go. Now I'm good. That's right, and uh, the all last names have been yeah, we can, uh, yeah. redacted. Yeah, no last names <laughs> to protect protect the innocent. That's the way to go. Or the guilty. Okay, so uh, Tony, uh, Tony is a member of our guild on BGG, and so Tony, why don't you just give us a quick uh, origin story and how you got started in wargaming, and then maybe how you found out uh, about the podcast and and the guild. Yeah, um, I, I got it goes back to high school, and I think I, I feel like I repeat, I'm going to repeat a lot of stories, um, but um, we'll, we'll we'll stop you. If you <laughs> um, I started off with um, playing Axis and Allies um, late in high school. It's almost junior or senior year. Um, Axis and Allies, and what was originally Shogun, which apparently I find out was originally Wallenstein, but moved over to the Shogun, and now is, I think, Samurai Swords. But it's the uh, feudal Japan and taking over and everything like that. And I remember starting games when the sun's up in the summertime and going all the way uh, till the sun or the sun going down, and then 
playing throughout the night and the sun coming up and we're still playing and still going. So, um, but then uh, after my friends kind of, they went their way, mine went my way in college and things kind of went differently. Um, I, I'm a history teacher. I love history. So um, I have three kids and eventually I need to figure out how to do something on my own. And I was like, hey, board games. Oh, you can play them solo. And so I went on a lot of the solo games. Um, just like things like Arkham Horror, some of the other uh, solo games. And then I found uh, VPG games, Victory Point games, and a lot of the war games. Um, and then I was like, wait a second, war games, I can play these solo. And I realized I can actually, I have enough schizophrenia to play two players. I can play two sides. <laughs> so um, I started working on that. Um, my first, uh, the first game I got that was really war oriented was um, I found a... Um, damaged uh, fire in the lake box um, at my uh, game store. And I'm like, hey, I kind of heard about this. So I picked it up and uh, it's been horrible ever since. I can't stop <laughs> buying games. And <laughs> um, the first Hex Encounter game I played, I actually got a copy of Fortress Europa um, real cheap on eBay. I just wanted to try something out. I fell in love with it. And funny thing is, is my wife walked by when I was playing. She's like, what are you doing? She has, she's like, I have, I get the board games, but I have no idea what the hell you're doing here. And so it kind of went with that. So she, she kind of lets me do my thing and, and, and at that. So, um, so that's kind of where I got into the war games. Yeah. As a, as a side note, having talked to Tony quite a bit on Vassal uh, and stuff, I was pretty comfortable that Tony was not going to be hard to get talking. On the, <laughs> I thought it'd be pretty easy to, I appreciate to talk it. to on the podcast. Uh, uh, the funny thing is, is I was watching um, Mitch and uh, Ralph play uh, um, uh, the uh, Next War Polo, Poland, and it was funny because I was grading paper, so I don't talk much when I grade paper, but I like to have things going on, and at least interesting things going on, uh, why I grade papers and do stuff. They're like, boy... Tony sure doesn't talk much when he's grading papers compared to what he does on the Friday nights <laughs> on Vassal yeah. and things like that. So. That's funny. So, uh, so how'd you find out about the podcast? Um, actually, and I don't want to give credit where credit's due in this case, but I was watching one of Kev Sharp's videos that he was doing, one of his live playthroughs, and he started talking about a topic that you guys were talking about. I can't even remember which one. So I pulled up the podcast. And I'm like, hey. I like this, you know, it kind of like, kind of like fit. I kind of like the, uh, the war, the war games with the history and everything like that. And, and so then I started listening and, uh, probably like a bunch of people, I just couldn't stop because it's kind of like a train wreck. And, uh, <laughs> you get, you, you gotta, gotta keep listening. Cause you Too never kind. know what, <laughs> yeah, well, now I'm a part of that train wreck. So, you know, it's not from the outside. So, um, but then I got on the guild and honestly, it's just a bunch of guys that are just like having fun. Nobody's too serious as that, at least that I've run into. Um, me and Ben have played multiple games of labyrinth, um, several good, very good games. And then, um, tenant hoplite and I have been working on, um, uh, Stonewall's way too, and I'm really enjoying that. So um, it's great. It's just a bunch, and I think somebody said, "Well, what it, what's happened with you in the guild in 2016?" I think I said the best thing that happened was I found a bunch of guys like me, and the first and the next, the worst thing I realized was I found a guys a bunch of guys like me at the same time. So <laughs> yeah, and Tony has uh, recently assumed the mantle of Stonewall Jackson in our uh, oh, play by email um, game since nice. since Lucas. I'm enjoying uh, that. Lucas threw up his hands and walked away. It was it was fuck. I don't fuck know why because 
Yeah, I don't know why, because there was still plenty of stuff. There's plenty of stuff to do, so I kind of I'm kind of enjoying it. So I appreciate that the the call out for that. Yeah, it's been challenging just because like different people have different time available. So sometimes it grinds to a halt, like, or I'll be ready to start doing stuff. And then I have to like, start rounding up. I mean, we probably got about 10 to 12 players. So it's tough to get guys, you know, hey, I need to know what you want to do. And like, here's like, I need some orders or whatever. I guess I could just make it up. No one would know. So that's right. I would do it. Yeah, so uh, Tony, a couple quick questions. I wanted to talk. Uh, I haven't really asked our guests this before, but I wanted to ask you: um, Do you clip or do you not clip counters? I clip. I um, I like the cleanness of the clip. I um, don't know why; that just looks better. Um, I I hate having little fur furry things on the corners. Um, I actually hate the cl- the um, counters that are um, in the middle. Where they're like attached in the middle mm-hmm. and not on the corner, yeah. right? Because you can't clip them as easily. It's yeah, they, to... yeah, they still look horrible. So, uh, but most of them are that way. So, yes, I do spend the time clipping. But what I find is when I'm clipping, is that I get to know the the um, the counters a little bit better, and I get no, that's to right. know the people. That's right. Because and also sometimes you'll be reading the rules and you're like, what the fuck counter are they talking about? Like some kind of initiative counter, and then maybe when you clipped, you would find that counter. And be able to identify it ahead of time, you would have known it already because you spent all your time clipping. Have you mastered the art of watching TV while you clip and just doing the uh, rotate move with your thumb? Not completely. Um, I still have to keep an eye out because every once in a while, I'm like, I, I think I get it in there, and then I clip it, and then it, there's like nothing there. I'm like, oh, I have to push it down a little farther. <laughs> but it's it's getting there. Um, I haven't had any. I think the most I've done was like, well, I did do Fortress Europa, which is uh, was two two counter sheets, um, but I did that was the first I've ever done, and so that took me forever. But now it's now it's pretty quick and easy now. So, but I do <laughs> think I I do think I need to start um, <laughs> learning to do it while I'm watching a movie because I have several games that are like four or five. Uh, <laughs> Four or five counter sheets, if not more, that, have, that I'm you, getting into. Have you ever had to switch to the stranger because uh, your right hand <laughs> is getting too tired, your wrist? Uh, not I'm referring to clipping. Purely right. clipping. Yeah, yeah, purely clipping. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't got that far yet. Luckily, um, yeah, I can't. Clip like I with said, my offhand, it, it doesn't. I think I just take a break and yeah, I think I just take a break. It's just, um, matter of fact, one of the reasons why I do board gaming and not like computer gaming is I have no hand-eye coordination. So video games are horrible for me. I always have to look at the controller to make sure I'm hitting the right thing. It's typing's the same way. So it's, it, it, board games gives me, I don't have to be hand and eye coordinated as much. Yeah. I think for new gamers, probably the idea of clipping corners is like a strange thing. Like, like who would go to all this trouble just to you know trim counters? It's, it, like as an outsider, if you're looking in, I think it probably seems like a strange habit that we do. Like I remember when I first started seriously getting into board gaming, and Jason and I played at Constant World. I actually had to like email him and be like, "Dude, wh- where do you? How do you do this clipping? Like, where do you find the clippers? I didn't even know what to use." Yeah, that was that was a big thing is figuring out that. And somebody said toenail clippers. So I'm like, "How do you keep things even?" Yeah. I mean, you screw up, and all of a sudden you have like uh, three quarters of a counter, and it's missing its combat factor or movement factor or something. Yeah, I made, I had made a jig out of a CD case, so I okay. had 
I kind of had a jig that I could use, but it's not. Sometimes you'll a- accidentally clip part of the jig off and then you've ruined it. Like, you know, like it's just, there's so many ways you can get fucked up that's not worth it. The rounder is the best. I, I did end up getting um, the, the Oregon laminations, the deluxe one, the mm-hmm. the 2.5 millimeters, the one I got. I thought three, if I get too small of clippers, the three millimeter might cut too much. And, and the two millimeter didn't do anything if, personally i didn't think it did much of anything and there's a couple videos out there of the differences so that's why i kind of i went with that one and it's it's i've used it a lot so it's surviving so that's always a good thing yeah i want to say mine's a two 2.0 a two two not a 2.5 but 2.5 i use on bigger counters like half inch counters yeah 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 like a kingdom of heaven, it makes them look awesome. Like you can round off all those big counters with a 2.5, it looks great. But I don't, I don't have a deluxe 2.5, so I have to actually watch what I'm doing because you can fuck up the counters with the regular one. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I found, I, yeah, it's, it's actually the 2.5 works. Um, uh, Washington's Crossing um, has a small ass counters, and <laughs> uh, it actually works still pretty well with the, even the small counters. They're a little bit, the smaller counters with the deluxe are a little bit harder. Um, just like making sure they're all the way in because they're so much smaller. But other than that, I think it does a great job on just about any size. Yeah, Jason right now is just agonizing over the uh, the convergence of, of uh, double entendre sex conversation <laughs> and clipping. Like it's just like I tell Jason's I'm, just I'm, biting I'm, at the I'm bit. staying I'm staying out of it. <laughs> He's chopping at the bit to get him. It's jammed in there. Yeah, it's not. I don't know I'm if it's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she said. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, I've gotten it, to where I can do both and watch TV. I mean, that's how good I am at, at both of these activities. <laughs> that's some that serious good. talent there, Jason. Yeah, it's concentration, concentration, mm-hmm. multitasking, baby. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's interesting. So yeah, the clipping is that. And when I actually, I think I used the. I misspoke. I used the two point five for my five eighths, five eighths counters for my regular size halves. I used the two point oh. So okay, yeah. For the bigger counters, basically, I use the two point five because it gives it a nice round. But and only war gamers could talk about clipping for mm-hmm. ten minutes. So exactly. Well, easily, and, yeah, easily. Tony, do you do any other prep work? Like, do you do any other weird things like spraying counters or do anything like that? Well, what was it? Um, uh, BMO did the uh, painting along the yeah. outside. Yeah, that that's, that's other level. impressive. Yeah, but I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, as for the as for the um, game itself, no. But a lot of times I'll read ahead of times, or if I don't know something about it, I'll read a book or or do some research on it. Um, before I actually head into the game just to get some more background to see if the game is very realistic. Um, I st- it's still a game. So, um, and I think that's where some people get a little uh, crazy about is that these are games. They're not, well, some of them are historic simulations. They're not, um, you know, like you're not going to get, you're not supposed to always get the most historic uh, outcome. They're games. So you, my goal is to change that. Right. Well, the historic out. The, if if they're really realistic, they're not fun. You know, if if you really want to be realistic, you need to stay up for like four nights, ride around on a horse for about five days until your ass is sore, uh, eat a piece of bread that <laughs> be morning, covered in mud. You know, and yeah, be covered with sleep outside for two or three days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and make sure that bread is is um, loaded with uh, bacon grease or some sort of fat, pork fat, and it's hardened and everything. Yeah. 
That's right. Like when these, half these guys complain about realism, it's like, dude, you couldn't survive one day in the army of North Virginia. It's like, Seriously. it's like, well, cool. So, um, so you don't do like, I, I, you don't laminate or anything like that. Do you ever laminate stuff? Some guys are really into laminating everything, all the, the charts and. Uh, if the charts are in good condition, which most of them are, I usually do, but I've set up, um, uh, I use a lot of plexiglass, so I've, what I've done is I bought a, um, a white uh, opaque plexi, and I'll put all the charts, if they're not two-sided, or if, even if they are two-sided, and I have two copies of them, I'll put those in between plexi, so I can just refer to it, and it's not, okay, where's that chart at, and it's underneath a whole bunch of different things, um, and that seems to help, um, that's, I do that, I don't, I, if they're, if they're just paper charts, which I don't find much anymore, and even if they are, I'll just print them out on, like, cardstock or something mm -hmm. along those lines nowadays, um, it, it, I could laminate them at school, but I just, I don't know. That's just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it needs to be done. So. Yeah. I think the only other thing I do is I like put my ASL scenarios all in page protectors and I've got them all in a binder. So that way I can write on them with like a wet erase pen, like, oh, like a Jason style. Like, Hey, I played this, this scenario on this day and here's the result. And I think I learned that I, from two half squads. Yeah, I keep a. I've got a gameplay notebook that I have. So, like, if I want to make notes of different turns and things like that, or hey, I played this, and this is kind of kind of like an AAR of the games I've played, and and that just keeps me kind of a diary of what I've done. Do Do you put it in your jean pocket and, walk around with it? <laughs> and then sweat on it all summer? No, and I know. Let's see, you're in Arizona, aren't you, Jason? I am. Yeah. So yeah, so you don't really sweat. It kind of evaporates before it even gets there. So. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. I have a, an hour and a half commute. So. Oh yeah, well yeah, mm -hmm. there's some be, yeah. there's some sweat. Yeah, um, my parents live out there too, so I, that's how I know enough about Phoenix so, or the Arizona area. Yeah, yeah. And when Tony was talking about B mode, what B mode did was he has the counters for uh, next war India Pakistan, and he found. Uh, felt markers that that match the colors the tops of the counters so we actually then use the markers to to uh color in the sides of the counters which is like it looks amazing it a, yeah and it takes it to a whole nother level yeah that's 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 whole next that's next level shit right there yeah. what about you jason what other prep stuff do you do with, with games or the only thing i do is i i'm for some reason really anal about reading rule books on plain white paper i don't like reading and i think it's the comic book collector in me i don't like getting like my fingerprints on the rule book that comes in the game um and same thing with a lot of the the plates and stuff i'll usually make my own copy and i actually I recently emailed a designer because they had a game out that didn't have their rules published and i said hey can you send me like a, a pdf of the cop of the of the rules because I, I i have to have a plain paper white paper copy it, I, I think it's how I read too. I, it, I comprehend it a little bit better, and then I don't worry about marking it up and spilling whiskey on it and all that stuff. Do you ever do you ever spiral bind any stuff? Like get get the living rules and then spiral bind them. If they're I've if they're big yeah, enough, I've done yeah. It. yeah, I did it for um, the um, God uh, the regiment MMP the regiment Civil War regiment series the three point two series. So I've got those. Um, the main series. I won't do it for the individual games, but the main series, if it's a series and it's something that I'll be flipping through a lot, I think that's good. 
Yeah, the, the, so basically if you're starting out or like you're a new, newer wargamer, um, it, it's funny because some of the games we do, I, I play solely on Vassal. So then when I try to play it, it live, I'm suddenly like, oh, how the fuck do I <laughs> I got all these counters. And, but you definitely need tweezers. Tweezers are a godsend to have. So I think when people go to like a, a board gaming convention or a wargaming convention, they're always shocked to see guys with tweezers moving stuff around. But it is absolutely like an important tool yeah. to have. I, yeah, tweezers and plexiglass, I think, are the two the two must-have kind of things. Everything else is just kind of on, you know, sauce on top. But yeah, the plexi is cool too because if you've got wet erase markers, which I use, uh, you can write shit on the map to like remind yourself, like, hey, these reinforcements are showing mm-hmm. up on this turn, or yep. and and that way you can or you can. And I don't like dry erase, and this is why I don't recommend using dry erase because when you wipe it, it still creates this kind of a black residue that then kind of floats around on the top of the plexi, and I'm worried it's going to get on the counters and then smudge or mess up the counters. So wet erase seems to be much cleaner at coming off as opposed to dry erase. You don't have this junk on the, the or dust. It's like a black dust almost from dry erase. So, so yeah, tweezers, definitely clippers, maybe uh, plexi you got to have. So that's it. I, guess. I dig it. Yep, that's that's what I've got. Yeah, definitely the tweezers. That was one thing I started playing that fortress year open. I'm like, my fingers, I have fat fingers, or I think most guys do. There's the counters are too small, and it's trying to get them from if, especially if there's a bunch of stacks next to each other, it makes it really difficult. Yeah, I had a guy I know come over and he, we played face to face ASL. He wanted to kind of check it out. And, uh, dude, it was hilarious watching him try to use the tweezers. Like, <laughs> I've gotten so much more experience at it. Like, I can literally pick up a whole stack and move it, you know, by getting the bottom one and pulling it out a little bit and grabbing it. And he's just like fucking knocking for all the stacks. It was like, uh, the other funny thing is, so he liked it. And then he emailed me later and said, yeah, I went home and decided to try ASL solo a little bit. And now it's back on the fucking shelf. So basically, yeah. like, he's like, yeah, I'm not capable of playing it right now. That's somebody there who knows how to play. I think that's fair. Yeah, my biggest issue is when counters are just a little slightly off size. And, like, you pick up the stack and, like, the bottom two don't pick up. It's like, it's you're just, like, pissed because you keep trying to pick up the whole stack. Especially when it's, like, five or six and you're, like, picking it up and it's only picking up the top four. Because that one, that one... Um, counters just slightly bigger than the rest. Yeah, I think yeah, you find you that just, with like older games. Right, nudge you, but you nudge the pile off that bottom one, and then you just and take just the edge the of the bottom, bottom one and lift it. That's yeah, I, I end up reorganizing them like size wise, especially if it really doesn't matter which order the uh, the stack is in. It's like okay, that's the biggest one, so I go from there. But yeah, first couple times you're like, son of a bitch, come on. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know if people know this, but we actually have an Amazon link on our BGG page. We do. Uh, so if people order stuff through Amazon, anything, basically, uh, the podcast will get a small uh, a, kickback. A, a very, very small. It's it's almost imperceptible. But, <laughs> but, but, but still, any, anything helps. I ordered my sister's birthday present through that link, so yes. We appreciate it. Yeah, so, so, so everybody uh, go buy tweezers. That's right. Go buy and, your tweezers. And what erase markers. Yeah, no, when we're not judging anything that you guys buy, it's just we just want a little tiny piece of it. That's it. So, or don't, and then we'll, you'll just listen to us complain about the fact that no one's using our Amazon <laughs> link. So, on a monthly basis. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, so Jason, I wanted to ask you a question because this is something that uh, you mentioned on the last podcast, and I really, I even wrote it down because I was so curious about it. Um, 
You mentioned that you were a professional You're in trouble, cook. Jason. Jason was a professional cook. I was, yeah. Did, okay, did so you tell me how that? that no, how did that go down? I know you cook a lot. Like what happened? Like so, after the army, you went no, to it, school so, or so I that, that's what I did for the first half of of my service in the army. I was a cook. Uh, cooked for two presidents. And uh yeah, would and I I signed up as as a cook because I wanted to be a chef when I got out. So I worked in a hotel for a little bit as a as a prep chef and a and a line cook um for about a year and a half and it was one of those things i was you know young kid fairly newly married i think i'd been married for like four years and all the chefs i worked with had all been divorced three and four times and they were all alcoholics and the pay sucks and especially now now jason this is after you got out of the military right yeah after i was out Uh, now when you said you were cook for two presidents like a mess hall cook or like you actually worked somewhere like right they ate at our mess hall the, the president a president did mm-hmm. yeah oh wow now that's impressive <laughs> well i mean <clears throat> they came through it was just coincidental that i that i was cooking but yeah we my mess hall and my my company won a couple of awards and stuff we, we were pretty legit it was okay so how was how was the life as a, like what kind of restaurants did you work at I, I just worked at a Marriott hotel um, and it was fine. I was a little, it's, it's funny. Like a lot of the, the, the guys who were cooking were either, you know, in their mid to late forties and fifties and either like 18, 19. And I was probably 24. So I was kind of in the middle, but all the young guys were sleeping with all the wait staff and all that stuff and getting drunk in the walk-in refrigerator. And I was a family man and you know had oh, kind of yeah, you're, my you're like i gotta me. be i gotta be loyal to my wife right. we have a bond of matrimony here right. it's all about faithfulness <laughs> all right and we all know how that worked out <laughs> <laughs> yeah meanwhile she's uh she has other ideas uh, <laughs> okay so like um what kind of hours did you have to work as a, a cook uh, awful hours and it's you know you'll end up picking up another shift so then you're on your feet for 14 hours a day um, you work every holiday which is pretty awful and Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday as a cook you work every Thanksgiving almost no matter what uh, every New Year's Eve so I actually have a story about New Year's Eve from cooking I <clears throat> on New Year's Eve I closed and had to open the next day so I got off work at like 1130 because um, we had we had closed down the kitchen. But it was New Year's Eve, so I'm dead set. I'm going to get drunk tonight. <clears throat> so on my way home, I picked up a bottle of champagne and a six pack of beer, probably some shitty, you know, light beer. Got home, popped the cork on the champagne, drank a bottle of champagne and then a six pack of beer by two o'clock. <clears throat> um something probably else you don't know i i have like a partial denture oh, i was okay. i was so so drunk went and purged all of the champagne and all of the beer flushed the toilet stood up was, <laughs> was rinsing my mouth out i had flushed my partial i felt i knew oh where God. that was going so oh for God. like a week before i could get into the into the dentist i had you know no teeth um, so I didn't drink again for a couple, you know, a couple weeks after that as a, as a lessons learned, but, 
but then yeah showed back up at four o'clock in the morning to open the, the the kitchen the next morning and just still drunk you know no teeth but I'm sure that's smelling like, the, like booze. But that's the, the life. Yeah, that's cooks the life. are hard partiers, right? Yeah. It's a, yeah. I read. Uh, I read Kitchen Confidential. Oh yeah. And like fucking, it's crazy. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have any, is like a madman. Yeah, we didn't have any heroin or cocaine, but it was it was a lot of hard drinkers. But it was fun. Some of my best friends are. I, I'm still in contact with a couple of the guys that I that I cooked with there. And then what what got you out of that job? Uh, there's just, I, seeing these guys who were, you know, like the, the head chef was in his sixties. Um, and I, you know, I didn't know what kind of money he made, but I knew it wasn't very good. The hours are awful. Um, and so I don't know, something, something spurred me on to go back to school. And that's, that's when I got my drafting degree and never looked back and I get enough cooking in at home to not really miss it but i still you know working in a kitchen you're always like well i'm gonna open my own restaurant or you know this was before the food truck phase but even now i'm like man i could i could run a restaurant or i could i could have a food truck but the it's just not that's not really the life i want to lead right now especially starting over with and food dude arizona kitchen. driving yeah, around in a food truck that would be brutal i think pretty, like, pretty, pretty hot it's fucking yeah. seriously hot yeah <laughs> Dude, that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I was just curious because you'd mentioned, I'm like, what the fuck? He was like a... I, oh, yeah, I thought it was yeah, interesting. I've, I've lived a couple lives. No, that was interesting. Yeah. And, and speaking of drinking, like I was, uh, I some of the guys, I'm going to leave their names uh, unknown. Uh, they were on Vassal last night, two guys playing uh, U.S. Civil War. And I figured I would just stop in and see how it's going. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was a little bit buzzed myself. But uh, man, I came in on a game with two colossally drunk guys <laughs> trying to play... Drunk. Oh, the, that had to be entertaining. I jumped in at the end, but you guys are already, they were already done. I wanted to see that. Um, and let me just say this much. Um, by done, I mean, like, I literally think they passed out. Nice. I don't think the game actually logged off. Rumor, there is a rumor that one may have woken up on his floor the next day. In the morning. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. I won't mention. I think one of them started drinking earlier in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he was expected, he was drinking pretty early. I expected that in daytime drinking. But he's much a, he's a pro. You know, he has a yes. bottle of Pedialyte in the refrigerator, just in case. Let's just say that I think out of the two of them, it's possible that he was not the most drunk in the game. Wow. Um, so, wow. Because I'm I'm looking at the fine. It took me a while to get the map loaded up, and finally, when they have the map loaded up, I'm like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? Like, like they have leaders like scattered all over the U.S." <laughs> <laughs> Like, He's just camping out in Tucson, and I, I'm literally trying to get them going. Like, okay, guys, what phase are we in now? Like, I'm trying to move them along, and they just wouldn't have it. They're so drunk. They just they were having a blast, laughing their asses off the entire That's time. That's the best. But uh, even as the voice of reason, I don't know about that. I know, isn't that shocking? That's dangerous. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> apparently the game did not end as much as it just was. That's it. It faded out. <laughs> they, were, they, both, they both passed out. Mm. So that's good time. Second that's respect. good. We, Pete and I have had games like that where we're later on like, what what happened, dude? Like, did we save? What turn are we on? <laughs> well, we even, we'll come back and look, and we'll be like, why are these guys still in melee? Like, that's not allowed. Like, what were we doing last time? Like, we didn't. So, so no judgment there. No, not at all. More power. No, all the fun. Okay, so um, Tony, we have a uh, quiz. Yes, 
I, I have been getting this point because I've given a hard time to particularly Duck. So I'm ex- I'm kind of uh, nervous about how this is going to go. And as a history oh, teacher, that's right. There's, yeah, there's a lot well, on your shoulders. Let's 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 clarify that right off the bat. I'm a history teacher that's to study a little bit of everything and a lot of nothing. Right. So you teach them there was a civil war. Next <laughs> next topic. Now the gold yeah. standard. Now onto the gold standard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So I spent two weeks on the Revolutionary War, and I wish I could have spent a month on it. That's still pretty good, though. Two weeks is pretty good. Yeah, but there's a lot of the uh, political stuff that I have to get into, which I find interesting at the same time. But um, I did teach them a little um, a little NATO symbols uh, when I was teaching because I was explaining the Battle of Cowpens. And oh, nice. so I was like, okay, here's your artillery. And so um, I had a little bit of fun with that. I'm like, okay, these are the symbols for this. And they kind of got along. So when yeah. I start, start when I start hitting the Civil War, it'll be a lot more entertaining. Yeah, in my school, the freshman football coach taught history that was basically all the coaches all the- <laughs> yeah. i don't know what it is well i can tell you why because there's a ton of history teachers out there matter of fact the fact that i have a job is crazy because i don't coach um but that's how you actually get a job as a history teacher you have to do something else and generally it's a coach hmm. i just figured they thought that teaching history was the easiest subject so they, they <laughs> just be they just make the fucking football coach for a teacher. dumb man to do no yeah, that's the right. e those are the PE teachers. Oh, I, I didn't say that. Never now, here, here's what else happens. Do you find that you get students sent to your class because you're a male teacher, like discipline problems? Do they tend to try to send the, the like, do you have a home, do you have a homeroom class too? Yeah, I have a homeroom class. And then I teach seventh and eighth grade and I have two seventh grade classes and two eighth grade classes. Um, so, but then they alternate. Um, and so we all, the four, there's four teachers, there's an English and a, a math and a science. So we all get the same hell. So there's not really where we send somebody to another class. If they get sent out of our class, it's straight to the office. Cause they just were absolute horrible kids. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always felt like teachers do a pretty good job. The, the hardest part I think about the job is probably dealing with the parents. Opposed to, and I don't want you to have to, don't comment on anything if you don't feel like you need to comment. But, but the oh, parents, uh, yeah, I I'll, think, I'll, are the I'll most difficult the, part. Yeah, I'll keep that one to myself. But there's a lot of, most, I will generally say 99% of all the parents are generally uh, care about their kids. Um, sometimes not the right way, but they definitely care about them and you can't fault them for that. Okay, so I, I, I read between the lines. Parents are horrible. You don't yes. say no more, Tony. We get it. As a parent, I understand. That's right. That's right. Okay, so we got a quiz. Tony, do you want to take the quiz or do you not want to take the quiz? Yeah, why not? Let's, okay. let's see how bad it is. And uh, Braxton, I'll be looking for you afterwards. Just, this, just. This is the – and my wife loves it when this stuff gets printed out. Like sometimes she'll be up on the computer and I'll print this out remotely. And so uh, – and it comes through as she's sitting there. It's the Happy Fucking New Year podcast quiz. <laughs> so once again, and I try to give Braxton like his voice here because I think he's starting to type more and more stuff in to the quizzes. That I, I don't know if he wants me to read this aloud, so I'm going to. I like it. Once again, it's time for name that opposing commander. Name the corresponding opposing commander for each listed battle. Uh, and then it says a game does exist for each listed battle. Okay. Wow, I like that. Yeah, that's right. impressive. Okay, Jesus Christ. I think he's starting to try to pick ones that are like really hard to pronounce. So this is the Battle of Sinocephale, 197 oh. BC. This I... might also be when your head brain swells too big. I'm not sure if that's is that a prop. <laughs> I don't know. 
that our general is Titus Quinctius Flaminius, Flamininus, who is your general? 197 BC, we have Titus Flaminius. Um, I'm going to guess uh, that's probably around the Caesar time and probably Rome. So I'm going to say just out of the sheer Caesar. Uh, no, it's Philip V of Macedon. Okay. Of course. Yeah, I, I think Caesar, is Caesar like around 50 BC? Yeah, you're right. He's a little bit, yeah, because he went between the BCs and 80s. So, yeah. And I don't know if you've read the History of Rome podcast, but it's, it's I've, great. I've, I've started it. I actually teach Rome, but we don't teach like the battles. So it's. Yeah, I just, I just heard about this. He just talked about Philip V was one of the earlier kings of Macedon. Macedonia who tried to uh, fight the Romans, I think. And then his son was Perseus, who also tried to do that. But... To no avail, of course. Right. So, yeah, long long way of me telling you, wrong answer. Not the right answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but just to mention, it's a good podcast. History of Rome is really good, like 15-minute episodes, really great. Yeah, I've got through about, I think, five or six of them because I always try to get that extra information for the students. And they always like the weird stuff. And so they, they right. give you that weird, those weird facts. And he definitely zeroes in on, like, the military stuff. Like, he covers a lot of the personalities. Like, the things that I think is cool about history, I don't want to hear about movements. I like hearing about the heroes and the, the personalities. And he's definitely that type of historian. You know, he's interested in that. Yeah, the people are what make history. And that's the way I like to teach it. So, okay. Move forward. Okay, here we go. The Battle of Lutzen. We have Gustavus Adolphus. Who's your general? 1632. Oh, shit. Dave, would you have known this? Because you, you reviewed that, that Lutzen game. I, I, oh, this is different. Different Lutzen. Uh. That's, that's Napoleonic Lutzen. But I would know this because there's only... I'm not, I'm not going to say anything because Brad's going to get mad at me. If I get <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know that era. That's the one era that, because um, that's like, is that like the Prussian Wars? Um, 1630. Oh, 1630. Yeah. I have no fucking clue. It's, I believe it's a 30 years war. It's actually uh, Wallenstein, which is, oh. which you mentioned, ironically enough, oh, you mentioned it. ironically. Yeah. Okay. Earlier. So I thought you might get it, but no. I think there's only like two main generals that fought Gustavus Adolphus, isn't it? Well, is it Wallenstein or Wallenstein? I think it's Wallenstein. And, and then uh, Wallenstein, yeah. Then Tilly. I think Tilly was another one that fought him quite a bit. Whatever. Um, okay, you got to get this one. Uh, Battle of Blenheim, 1704. Our Jason, do you, have, do you not have headphones or something? I'm hearing myself echo. I'm I'm muted. I have headphones on, Tony. You well, said no, you headphones. I've got headphones on. All right. Okay. Well, now I don't hear myself. So, Jason, press your thing. Keep. Do talking. I hear myself now? No. Nope. Tony. Is it mine? I don't know. Do we hear it? Yeah, a little bit. I'm hearing a little bit of an echo. Okay. Yeah, I've got headphones. So. Yeah, but you might still have your speakers on. Like. <laughs> that would be, we've that been would doing be this for a while. Uh, no, I just checked for... that. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, Tony. <laughs> All right, so a uh, battle of Blenheim, and, and oh god, if there's anything else the listeners love more, it's me uh, going through sound issues and talking about <laughs> and troubleshooting sound. I, I think as long as neither one of us blow our cap, it's going to be fine. 
<laughs> oh, Lord. All right. So, Battle of Blenheim, 1704. We are the Duke de Tallard. And you are whom? 1704. 1704. S- sounds like something in Scotland. <sighs> I'm sighing. Yeah. I just sighed. <sighs> I just, I just didn't, I didn't Eeyore sigh. You're trying sigh. to do something there. No, I just didn't Eeyore sigh, as you said it was in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, it's the, I don't know. That's that's a time period I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm actually looking into that time period because I don't know that much between. So, so do you give up? Yeah, I give up. Um, okay, there's. What if I was to tell you that? Um, I, I believe there's a palace named after Blenheim. Which I believe might be in England, and that might not even be correct. But would it be Cromwell? I'm gonna, you know what? No, no, Tony, don't say it. Do not say Cromwell. <laughs> I will literally have to drive over to your house and check. <laughs> Do not say Cromwell. I just spit the all only, over my the only, the only palace I have is Buckingham. What if I was to say this? It's the War of Spanish Succession. No. He's um, English. The, only... the, the guy is English that we're looking for. English. English. Wellington? No, du- that's it's later. The, it's the Duke of Marlborough. Oh. Only one smoking. of the greatest generals in the history yeah. of the world. But, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. Uh, Jason, uh, my my like, personal is Grant, but that's just because he drinks whiskey. Uh, and, no. you know. Jason's like, I like Colin Powell. <laughs> <laughs> big, big fan. Storm and Norman, baby. Stormin' Norman, oh uh, not not a great not a great <laughs> nickname though. No, I mean, Stormin' no. Norman, like I like Mattis. He's the warrior monk. Yeah, Mad Dog Mattis. <laughs> like those are great nicknames. <laughs> you got to have a cool nickname to be a great general. It's just the way it is. Yes, yeah, Stormin' Norman. That's like if Colin Powell's name was Col- Colonic Colon. <laughs> Colonic Colon. <laughs> <clears throat> Angry Colon. We're like, yeah, we get it, guys. Inflame You're so clever. Colon. Yeah, it rhymes with his first name. You guys are geniuses. <laughs> and Storm and Norman. It's and like, let's be honest, it, there wasn't much storming. That was like a, <laughs> that was like right. a cakewalk. Yeah, there was no evidence of storming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was strictly just like air air assaults, basically. Mm. Okay, so the next one is the Battle of Orthez, eighteen fourteen. Now there is a Labatai game on this battle. Uh, we are. Oh, Jesus. Jean Solt, basically Solt, French name, S-O-U-L-T. Uh, and who are you? Crap. Um, 1814. It, we're the French guy. You're the French guy. Who are you? <sighs> 14, 14, 14. I'm trying to think. Give me a minute. That would be no. Russian. Not, not to put undue pressure on, but that's still not a guarantee we're recording this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have to get one right. For a okay. I, I know. I feel. Uh, yeah. You know, this is like the time periods I don't ever teach because it's just wrong. It's just not in my curriculum. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry we didn't dovetail the uh, quiz conveniently into what you do for I, a living. I knew I should have talked to Braxton. I knew it ahead of time. Somewhere Eeyore is, is perking up. Like, I'm not. Am I being joined at my clubhouse <laughs> by someone else? <laughs> um, I, it's I don't know. I honestly I don't know that area that era. I really don't. Not in Europe, at least. So okay. I don't know. 
Yeah, are you gonna hazard a guess? It's Russian, and that's all I can think is that's during the Russian that the, the Russian Napoleon's move towards Russia, if I remember right. Okay, so so who would you guess as a Russian general in the Napoleonic War? Something with a ski at the end of it. <laughs> that's where I thought we were going. <laughs> um, what if I was to tell you it's an Englishman? The only Englishman that I'd remember would be Wellington. Yeah, that would have been the correct answer. It's a Duke of Wellington. And worth that, oh. I think it's actually in Spain. Okay. So I went the wrong way. I, I, I like I said, those that that Napoleon. I'm actually reading the uh, new Napoleonic book, so or the Napoleon book. So hopefully that'll help me out in the future, but not right now. Yeah, I think you need to invest in a Labatai game and start playing that. I think that would help a lot too. It'd be good. Good for you. Yeah, I think I'll go that way because that, that looked like you look. They look gorgeous in the first. And, like, and luckily for you, I'm reviewing one. This podcast, so Go figure. that is a great starter game. So, geez, what a segue! Okay, so the next question is, and and I think Braxton's actually not being too rough on you with this quiz, but we'll see. Battle of Peachtree Quick Creek, eighteen sixty four. George H. Thomas, the Rock of Chickamauga, is our general. Who's your general? Chickamauga. That's of course the no, western. no. Don't, don't, yeah, don't get thrown off by me calling the rock of Chickamauga. Yeah, okay. It's the Battle of Peachtree Peach Creek. Tree. Sixty-four. Creek. Sixty-four. Sixty-four. I'm going to go Sherman. Just I, I'm not. No, no. I know. Oh, hold on. I, our general. Our general is George H. Thomas. Oh. Okay. Okay. So it's I'm trying southern. to avoid a uh, zombie Stonewall <laughs> Jackson situation. <laughs> You don't uh, want to go down and guild infamy. Sherman had always suspected that Thomas was a traitor to the Union. <laughs> so his cork. Oh my God! Um, yeah, I'm on my third drink, by the way. I, I, but... I, I really just helped you there. You have no idea, Tony. In the long run, how much I just saved your ass <laughs> by intervening at that point. Oh, I appreciate it, Dave. Um, so I'm gonna go with. Let's see. That's Western theater prop. I'm going to go with A.P. Hill. Um, the answer is John Bell Hood. Oh, it was between that or Hood. I knew it was, those were the two I was going between. Okay, so the next is, it's time for which motherfucking war? Name the war of military <laughs> conflict. Is that what he wrote? That's what he wrote. It's each battle. Oh, yeah, I might be better at you. this one. Name the war of military conflict with which each listed battle is most associated with. Parentheses, a game does exist for each listed battle. So love it. Braxton's okay. Killing. So the first one is Battle of Munda, M-U-N-D-A. Which war? M-U-N-D-A. Uh, the Spanish Civil War? Mm, a little late. I, I like I like the uh, quick answering though, and that, I'm going to assume that's your answer. That is my answer. Yes, it's actually Caesar's Civil War or the Roman Civil War, 45 BC. Okay. The it's next in, one is it's in Spain though. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't have known that one to be honest. Uh, the Battle of Wakefield. Um, Wakefield, Wakefield, uh, Wakefield. Oh my God. 
I've just yeah, it, Tony. I think we're really going to need you in the future to focus on one period of his, military history and like memorize it. Like, I, yeah, that's 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 what I'm going to have to. Um, Wakefield. I'm going to say. I'm going to say the American Civil War. It's going to be the War of the Roses. Um, I would have said Civil War too. Folks, I was going to say English Civil War. That was folks, like the two. Never has Tony. Uh, uh, been more grateful than for the fact that in the beginning of the podcast, he asked his students not to listen. To this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, will, he will always be glad. That he that. <sighs> yeah, so that was War of the Roses, Battle of Wakefield, War of the Roses. Uh, how about the Battle of Luther? Uh, the Luther? L E U T H E N. Tony, you you own you own war games, right? Like you own some yeah. war games. Okay. Yeah, most of them are civil war games. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was gonna say this. Uh, this isn't this time frame. I, I'm gonna go with um, uh, the Gaelic wars. Um, the Gaelic wars. Which wars would those be? Like the Irish See, fighting each other? Is that the no, Irish? No, no. This the the oh, contest of Gaul. Oh, yeah. Calls? Okay. Uh, yeah. And believe me, I'm not going to make fun of your pronunciation on anything. I have no room to, to talk or critique anybody because mine are the worst. Um, Luthen is actually in the Seven Years' War. It's okay. uh, It was uh, Frederick the Great versus the Austrians. See, if it would have been a fort something, I would have gotten that. Okay. Okay, Tony. How about this? The Battle, battle of Palo Alto. And this is this is not the battle of Netscape versus Microsoft. This is actually the battle of Palo Alto in a Mexican American War. Oh, there you go. He got anywhere. Yay! Uh, yay! Hooray! Yes, it can <laughs> be recorded. <laughs> I teach the Mexican American War. That's why. Nicely done. Do you want to talk a little bit about the battle of Palo Alto, or no? Because it's just one of those listed. You just know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> In the common courts, required that they know that that battle was fought. They don't need to know anything else about it. That's it. Just they the fought battle. that the battle was fought and that we won the Mexican-American War. That's it. Okay, good. Uh, the the final one is the Battle of Goose Green. Braxton brought it. The quiz is pretty good. Battle of Goose Green. Does he list what game it's associated with? No. No. He probably is just looking so he at could his game collection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Goose Green. I'm going to go with... Um, I mean, Braxton's got a pretty big game collection. I'm yes, pretty he sure does. he's just going through his games and pulling them out and looking at them. That's fair. I actually sometimes try to schedule training and stuff up there so I could hit him up and stop by and play games with him, but I haven't been able to do it yet. Yeah. We have an office near him, and I keep trying to get there, and they just keep canceling it. Bullshit. Goose green, goose, goose green. green, goose green. It's it, we're we're back to you, Tony. We're still yeah. we have our undivided attention. Yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I, I'm frantically searching Google right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Because um, if I was, I'd be doing a lot better. That's right. Um, no one believes that you're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate it. Um, I I'm gonna say. Oh, I'm gonna. We've said it once, but I'm gonna say the English Civil War. It's the Falklands, the war in the Falklands. Mm. So it was English that was on one side. That, that's that's <laughs> right. That's Can right. I get half credit? No, no, you can't. No, you cannot. See, that's, see th that's a negative. I give it to my students. Why can't I get half credit? I was correct on one side. 
Maybe you can do some extra credit later. We, you know, we do have a portion coming up that might be considered extra credit. So, uh, yeah, I've got a story about that after the quiz. So we'll go with that. Okay. So the next is so right now you but the key the key moment is that you have successfully recorded the podcast yes so yes even though you are one out of ten um the other good good side of this is there's a lot of other hosts who've previously hosted and i think right now they're feeling really good about their quiz performances so <laughs> you're taking I'm, one for I'm the glad team my suffering yeah i'm glad my suffering can help the ego of everybody else in the guild i will take the credit for that one i don't think- fall for that one I do think, Jason, we should like either come up with a, a badge for guys who've hosted the podcast before, or even better, maybe if we uh, do well on our Amazon thing, we could mint a coin that we would give guys who come on oh, and I like host that. the podcast. Like Wouldn't that. that be cool? Like, yeah. I like that. Coin? That's cool. It, was that last coin run $2? Because that's what we're, what we're sitting at right now. Uh, no, it was no. <laughs> okay. And, and the, so we're way, think, we're ways off from the coins, but and, and frankly, a good idea. we we relied on the kindness of others uh, to of, even get yeah. the coins minted. Yeah, and I do appreciate. Uh, it would be a low combat factor coin, but I'm thinking maybe a two because I want to say the that would be pretty badass tw- though. The first one was a twelve. But it might push you over the top, you know. Exactly. If you're trying to, because you might drop multiple coins down on a guy, and you have to add up all your combat factors to beat his coin. So, I like it. Yeah, I, yeah, that, I like that. But we're never going to do a twelve again. That's only going to be the first one, mm-hmm. and then I think we're going to have downhill. to figure out. Yeah, it's all downhill from there. So the idea would be that to beat the first one, you're going to have to attend at least two to three conventions that we run. So if you were there in the beginning, big winner. Legacy winner. Hey, speaking and, and Tony, of which, just oh. to make you feel better, you're also doing better than I would have done. So, so there's that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and just as a side note, uh, I just wanted to mention that I have the uh, at, in August I placed a bet on the Atlanta Falcons to win the Super Bowl at a hundred to one. Holy so shit! Holy got, shit! I've got a twenty dollar bet. Coins on, on Dave the, on the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll be rooting for you, Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous, though. I, I was hoping the Steelers would make it through because then I was too, hoping yeah. that the Steelers would be the underdog and then I could bet on the Steelers and try to middle the bet. But with the Patriots, it's fucking me up because I'm not sure if I should just let it ride or if I should put some money on the Patriots, you know, to kind of make sure that I'm going to win something out of it. You're not going to get a good enough odds on the Patriots, though. Well, the Patriots are plus three or I'm sorry, they're minus three right now. So... Yeah, you might be able to. Uh, so I could, I could put, but I, I stand to win two grand. So oh, I could, shit. so I could win. I could put a three hundred dollar bet on the Patriots, and then as long as they they cover the spread, I would at least win three hundred bucks. I mean, that's how I do it. I do the futures bets, and then I try to middle the bet once it actually pays off. Like I bet the other side. I tried to do it. I had uh, Alabama at six to one to win the national championship. Uh, and so I was going to win $180 if they won, but then I bet on Clemson also. And I was hoping because Clemson was a seven point underdog. If, if Alabama won, uh, what was it? If Alabama won, but didn't cover, I would have won like 250 bucks, but because Clemson fucking won the game in the last minute or last second of the game, I ended up only winning like 50 bucks, but I at least won the Clemson bet. So. 
Boy, this is not. I feel like this is like early AM radio on Saturday morning. It's like, hey, you bet on this. It's about a system. You gotta have the system. And, right, sorry, guys. I'm just wondering. Are, okay, so you won fifty. Did you cover your bets with fifty or right? Because I'd only put twenty down on the futures oh, yeah, bet. Yeah, that's not bad. So, so I bet sixty on Clemson, and when Clemson won, I I got my sixty back, and I get another fifty back. Yeah, that's not bad. So that's not bad. No, no. You're up that, that's that's quite a little bit. Otherwise, I would have been out. I would have lost twenty bucks, and not gotten my futures bet. But whatever. I also had Detroit at one hundred and twenty-five to one, so I was really excited when they made the playoffs. But they got knocked out. So, all right. So anyway, so the question number three: It's time for state that nickname, jackass. I love it. This is a fun state, one. State the common nickname given for each military unit or organization. Storm and you ready, Tony? You ready, Tony? Yeah. Bony, bony, Tony, you ready? <laughs> that works, right? <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, go I mean, fire away. I mean, the other one would be like, like lonely, tonely. That wouldn't work. Like, no, that's that's not good. No. All right, so the, don't worry. That's not going to be your guilt nickname. So you'll you have to come to a convention and get drunk to earn that nickname. Indeed. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, the first. Uh, unit is the U.S. Army 101st Airborne Division. What is their nickname? Tony. No pressure. Fuck, dude. You better fucking know this, Tony. What is the 101st Airborne's nickname? I just know it as the 101st. Oh, my God. Um, Tony, are I'm you kidding me? I'm thinking of, think think of the badge. I'm are you the kidding eagles. me? I see uh, the eagle. I see the eagle on the badge. And what's um, the eagle doing? Screaming. Okay. So Reverse engineering. <laughs> That's right. Come on. These aren't hints, Braxton. We're not helping them. <laughs> You're um, seriously. The flying Tony. eagles. No, come on. What are they doing? Did you seriously come up with the fucking flying eagles from those hints? <laughs> That's not the final answer. Let's, they let's weren't hints. They weren't hints, for the record. <laughs> Tony, oh, seriously. What the fuck? What the fuck? The, the eagle is doing what? You answered this correctly already. Is yeah, the eagle's clearly not flying since we can't screaming. even see. Okay, it's screaming. So it's so, a the screaming eagle. Woo-hoo! Oh my god! All right, thank God. Nicely done. I knew the eagle, and I, and I said screaming eagle, but then you guys started talking about other stuff, so I thought no, I got I it wrong. I didn't hear that. And actually, uh, that answer is wrong because the answer is the screaming eagle. Sorry, Tony. We're not going to be able to accept <laughs> that. As no, an we're, we're <laughs> Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> Fuck okay. you. The next one is the first U.S. Marine Division. This one's hard. I don't think I would get this one. No, I should. I wouldn't get it. God. Um, first U.S. Marine. First U.S. Marine Division. Yeah, I have no idea on the Marines. Jason, do you know this one? Is that the old breed? It is. You're correct. Oh, oh, now the GMT game. The... Hmm. Um, Fields of Fire, exactly. Second yep. edition's the old yep. breed. Now, if, got it. if if only it had come out, maybe we would have all known the answer. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll get how back long to has this that been? In 2019. It's like four years, yeah. five years. Jesus Christ! Right. Okay, now it's uh, World War II German Fallschirmjägers. What were their nick? What was their nickname? Shit, I have no idea about German stuff. So can I just tell you the answer? Yeah, you can just tell me. It's the Green Devils. Yes. Mm. Okay, the next okay. one is the SS Armor Brigade formed from the 1st SS Panzer Division, Liebstandart, SS Adolf Hitler. 
Oh, December nineteen forty four. What the fuck? What what was the what was the nickname in December nineteen forty four given to the SS Armor Brigade from the first SS Panzer Division? It's it's Battle of the Bulge. What Again, the Braxton's probably mad for me to even say that part. <laughs> That's not gonna help. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Okay, so you're gonna surrender? I surrender. Yes. Where's my um, white flag? I can. There's wave an, it at any there's time. an ASL module made named after this group. It's a comp group. Joaquin Phoenix, I think, shares the name. Is it Joaquin Piper? I'm not sure. I'm what? Comp group Piper is the name. Mm. Comp yeah, group I have Piper. no idea. I think his name's no like. I think his name's like Joaquin Piper, the commander. I'm not sure. I didn't know that one either. Okay, so here's another nickname. First, it's kind of tricky because I'm going to give you a nickname, and then you have to give another nickname that they were known by. Okay, I'm I'm calling shenanigans on this. <laughs> okay, okay, that'll be. You can go through our. We'll send you a documents where you can apply for our appeal process. <laughs> okay, I'll, we'll set it up the chain. Yeah, yeah and we we oh use. Oh my god, my we, face is numb. We use FIFA for all of our uh, processing of appeals and complaints, so <laughs> feel free to submit anything to them and we'll see what happens on the other end. Send a check with it. If, That's if right. You want it to be I'll right. make sure the check is along with it, yes. Yeah, you, our, our response to your appeal and FIFA tradition will be based on your use of our Amazon uh, purchase link. <laughs> he, he's already used it. He's in the clear. That's right. Yeah, like I said, I already used it. No, I got. And my, by the way, know, that's on our guild. Present. Yeah, that's it. on the guild page in BGG, so it's, you it, can just click on that. It's also on the Podbean page. There's a there's an Amazon little logo off to the right. Click it, buy shit. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Don't be fucking selfish. Just use it. Like, <laughs> just don't be an it. asshole. Exactly. Just click the fucking thing. Like you're seriously, you're, you're, being you're shopping annoying. on Amazon anyway. Even like right now, listener, the way you're acting with us mentioning, I don't like your attitude. I'm just over use it. The Amazon I'm thing. over it. Like, buy some more card sleeves. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of being a dick. Let's get it happen. So just yeah, it's, I mean, all right. So so Tony, the uh, the it's the Stonewall Brigade. Okay. What other name were they known by? What other name were they known by? Yeah, Jackson Stonewall Brigade. Like, kind of, <sighs> what was the nickname that was they people referred to them by? Oh. And Tony, definitely the echo is coming from you. Yes. Okay, I'll keep my hand off the button then while I'm thinking. Yeah. So you did say that your your period is the American Civil War, so there's no pressure on this one. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Um, great dead air, you know, like it's it, great. Um, I just, don't worry about the dead air. I cut it out. No one, okay. will, no one will hear it. I know this, but I just can't think of it right now. I've, I, I can I'm see on. it. I can see it in a in a book. In a book. I don't know. Tony, what are you drinking? Um, fourteen year old. Um, and I'm on my third one. Tony, Tony's, Tony's Tony's going first on the reviews. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Glen Single malt, scotch, barrel, bourbon, whiskey, reserve, 14-year aged. Dig it. Dave, what are you drinking? Costco wine. Classy as fuck. I love it. I love it. Which what, What's the brand? Is it just is it Kirkland? Or, it's or Costco? Uh, sex with three people. Menage a trois. Ah, the menage a trois. And I'm drinking the famous grouse. Blended. Oh, scotch. yeah. So Bird good. fear. <laughs> Bird fear. That, that, that grouse seemed very possessive of the bottle. Yeah, the grouse was protective. like, this is mine. Yeah, it's my like homie. It. 
I don't like birds. Too cocky. That bird needs to be killed. <laughs> too cocky. I see what you did there. When when animals get when animals get too cocky, you gotta like you gotta cut them down a notch. It needs to be more hunting. Like if a deer but walks like up said, and that's just my go to if I don't have anything higher, but I really like it. It's it's still good. It's still really good. So um, I I cannot I, think of of you know I know it's a Virginia Brigade, but I cannot I cannot think of it right now. Well, Tony, what were they good at? What was the Stonewall Brigade good at? Bayonets. They were. But they were good besides at... fighting, what were they? What were they known for? Moving. Okay. They got places no, very quickly. <laughs> and J- Jason doesn't have a copy of the quiz either. Think... <laughs> okay, so the answer is uh, Jackson's Foot Cavalry. Yeah. They were known for their marching ability. Honestly, right? I had not. I've never heard of that. Honestly, oh, I really? thought it was something different, but I've never heard of that. Yep. No. I'll no have to... d- Tony. Tony, Tony, you fucker! Tony. You just fucking like. <laughs> Shit. <Stop recording. laughs> Hold it together, Tony. Oh. Oh. Don't worry, bonus is going to come and save you. It's going to make everything better. I'm dropping the mic. I'm e- out of here. Extra no. credit. I, right, think, so... I think they talk about the the foot cavalry and or cal- ca- cavalry in Stonewall Sword a little bit. Yeah, I that's the one. I haven't got that game, but yeah, I've I had not heard that. Um, and I pride myself on some of it, but there's just so many details. We'll give you a pass. It's all right. Yeah, give, give me a union, and I'm okay. Yeah, um, Tony, history is annoying. History is annoying with all the details, right? There's just so many details. Let's skip <laughs> names, over all that shit. Let's skip over it's all not that important. Details, details aren't important. I don't know history, what you're talking about. History teachers like there's so many details who can keep track of them all. <laughs> Those if are people's was, lives, Tony. If 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 I was focused on one area, I would get it. But I have to teach everything from 1492 to the Reconstruction. See, I always and, felt and let's like be my, honest, you won't need this stuff as an adult anyway, so it doesn't matter. I always felt like my I, football coach just stayed a chapter ahead of the class. Like I felt like he just read <laughs> one chapter ahead of us. Like so, if you asked him any kind of question. I mean, he was my coach, so he, if I ever asked him a question that he felt embarrassed by, I was going to pay in the afternoon. Like so, uh, but I felt like if you ever tried to ask him a question like that was outside of what we were actually saying, like, okay, well, hey, sure. So later on in the Civil War, he'd be like, "Oh, you son of a bitch! That's awesome. How dare you? Like, we haven't gotten that far in the class." I'm like, "Yeah, but I have a." He's like, "Mopping, you say one more word." <laughs> <laughs> what position did you play, Dave? I, di- I didn't know you played football. I was a strong safety, and I was a uh, wide receiver on a team that never passed. I love it. I love it. That ran the ball. So all I did was block. So I played my freshman year of high school. I got hurt after the first or during the first game because I was like ninety-eight pounds, and uh, we went zero and eight. It was it was a it was a long year. Tony, yeah, our team was our team was good, but not because of me. <laughs> I was in the ba- I was in the band. Mm. Very nice. I was also in the ROT. Our, our high school had an ROTC program that had a drill team that was nationally recognized. So I was a part I of that. that. So I love that. We got to go down to Daytona Beach every May to compete in nationals because we were so good. So um, it was like a whole bunch of high school kids down at Daytona Beach. So tell me that wasn't <laughs> yeah, a great That's, that's a fun. great idea. That's going to be fun. Okay. So the, finally, uh, Tony, we're at, at, we're, we've reached your safe harbor. This is okay. time time for both the worthless and priceless bonus question. It's extra credit, but it's also part of the grade. 
you understand how this works, right? Tony, do you, yes. do you give extra credit questions to your kids? No, but I tell them that they have extra questions, um, specifically this last test. And oh my God, my face is numb. Um, <laughs> so you um, tell them that they have extra questions? Like, how does yes, that work? Yes, I, <laughs> I repeated Jason's specific thing about the bonus <laughs> questions being the same. And I lost it. I was laughing so hard in front of them. <laughs> oh, you tried to do Jason's speech? <laughs> and they're like looking at me like, you are. Like honestly, like you were fucking crazy. I don't get what, and I just, I just kept laughing because it was. I, I feel like at this point, Tony is actually morphing into the duck. I love he it. He sounds almost like <laughs> yeah, a duck. He's yeah. so drunk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can almost close my eyes and imagine that it's the duck talking right now. I think you guys can get along very well. Okay. Okay. All right, so Jason, real quick, can you give a? It's it gets confusing with the bonus. Mm -hmm. So can you just give Tony a quick rundown on what the bonus question is going to be? And so t Tony, we have five more questions for you that are they're they're bonus, but they're worth exactly the same as every other question you've either answered correctly or more likely incorrectly for the for the the previous <laughs> portions of this quiz. So these ones you really want to focus on. Because they're bonus, but they count exactly the same as everything else. So, Tony, you got that? You're, you're, I, so, yes, I know. I got it. So these questions will both count for you and or against you. Is that right, Jason? Exactly. I, Depending okay. on if, if you answer them correctly or not. I understand. But they're bonus. Because, because they're bonus. That's right. Okay. So, Tony... Um, God bless you. Um, you've got two correct at this point. Um, I'm really hoping the bonus helps you, um, but we'll have to see how that plays out. <laughs> oh, geez. State, state the name for each five listed pieces of standard equipment carried by Roman legionaries circa 200 BC at the end of the Second Punic War. So I'm going to tell you a piece of equipment that a Roman legionnaire would carry uh, and you have to tell me the Latin name for it. Holy shit! What the fuck? What it did you bonus. do? To, what did you do to it, Braxton? To it's bonus. Like, come on, Tony. Did you think it was going to be a cakewalk? <laughs> oh my god! Seriously, uh, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first one, Tony, is the short sword. What was the short sword called? Five short swords. No, just one. <laughs> one short sword. When I thought you said five. I just know it as the short sword. I, I mean, like, no, no, I've I'm, I'm going to name each oh, piece of the five. He has to tell me the Latin. Right, I see. Right. I see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Short, short sword. I get it, but. Short sword, Tony. <sighs> I just keep thinking Luminaire, but I know that's short not sword. it. Short sword. I don't know. Not it's in called, It was called the Gladius. Mm. Fuck, I knew that. What was the dagger called? And right now, uh, Professor. The professor is going crazy. Professor, professor Paul yeah, is professor fucking Paul's loving like, it. He's yeah, like... he's yelling at me. It's like he's like yelling. Like I was yelling at Duck to answer the question because I knew it. And, and I'm he's like, like yelling at me. And I'm like, am I pronouncing it correctly? And he's like, it doesn't matter. It's a dead language. <laughs> it's a dead language. <laughs> but you're saying it wrong. But it's funny. I knew like it was I, a gladiator. My, my I daughter. I really don't. I don't know the Latin names. I really don't. 
my my daughter's been a, a she's very into this Percy Jackson stuff. These mm. books with like the mythology. So she's like, I want to study uh, like classical Greek and Latin when I'm in college. I'm like, oh, Professor Paul would be so happy to hear you say that. It's like, and you're like, you're never going to get a job with that. Yeah, you're going to basically teach like or like, archaeology. That's all you can do. Yeah, maybe you'd be an archaeologist. I'm not sure. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know Latin, so I don't know the Latin names. Okay, so the dagger is called the Pugio. Do you know what the shield is called? You might know the shield. Shieldius? Oh, I like it. I like it. Good efforting. Yeah. Good efforting. It's called the Scutum. S-C-U-T-U-M. It's like yeah, the, the only two letters chance... away from scrotum. So maybe the scrotum <laughs> is the shield for your so, testicles. Yeah, so the only one I would have known so far would be the Gladius, and I just couldn't think of it. Not the scrotum? No. For it protects your testiculares? <laughs> I get damage. it, Dave. You get it? Okay. You're, you're um, um. For your... <laughs> <laughs> Latin's so fun. See, kids, Latin's fun. You can have fun with it. Um, so then there's two javelins, which ironically have different names. Now, this one I think you should get. Give us a name for one of the javelins. I... <sighs> you got nothing? I got nothing. I can't even think right now. I'm staring at my computer screen going, I have no fucking clue. Okay, the first javelin is called the Pilum, P-I-L-U-M, which I think is the more common. I think that. I've heard that, but only vaguely. For the next one is the Veratum, V-E-R-A-T-U-M, which I don't think you would know. So I, no. I didn't know that. I think I would have gotten two. I'm, no, actually, I might have just gotten a Pelum. I would have, yeah. I, the only one, like I said, is the Gladius, and I just couldn't think of it because of the Gladiators. That's the only reason why I would have thought of that. Which, But, yeah, no. I, I haven't done enough military with Rome, and being that this was the first year I had to teach it, so... Yeah. So, so the takeaway is basically like uh, it's a two out of twenty. Um, so I got a, so I got a ten percent. Not, not great. Not great. Failed. But, 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 but okay. I would be retained in my class. No, the, and, and they'd probably give you a little helmet to wear, and you would get on a bus <laughs> that takes you to and from your home. <laughs> the short bus. Got That's it. right. Um, and and my other takeaway is that you know history is basically not about the details. We don't care. Like we don't care about the exactly. details, just right? Learn, Isn't that just the, learn the lessons? <laughs> just get through class. I, I yeah, I still have to teach the major stuff that I miss the details on half the stuff that I'd love to teach. Although I will say, there is a show on Hulu that I just found. It's called Horrible Histories, and it's fucking hilarious. Is it? Because they tell you all the weird stuff that happens. It's not better than Drunk History, is it? Because that's one of my favorite shows of all time. No, no, because and I would love to show Drunk History, but I'm, it's not appropriate for what I for the age group I teach. But this is like appropriate for that, and it's great for kids. Like, it, the, it's based off of kids' books, but it's still pretty funny. Um, the, it's it's really, I just watched the first episode and I played it for my students and they cracked up laughing throughout of it. So it was pretty good. Yeah, my mom brought back a similar book from England that basically talked about all the terrible things that English nobles did to each other. Like it, my daughter loves it. <laughs> she might be a similar thing. Yeah, it's it's based. The books are out of England and this is actually based out of England. Um, so I just it's it's hilarious because it's like this rat that tells you everything.
And yeah, the book might be similar that my daughter has. Uh, hey, Jason, I had another question for you. Um, did you ever have to go through like tear gas training or oh, anything like that? Yeah, every year. What, what was your experience with that? The, the first time, like in basic training, it was it was bad. But I, it's one of those things you get used to and it doesn't really matter, matter anymore. Like as we were prepping to go to Iraq it was something we did fairly regularly and it's like yeah it's 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 fine you get kind of snotty and gaggy how about you yeah my, my experience in the army was basically like you would have like shit equipment the entire time you were in the army and then when you're actually going to go to war suddenly they would open up all these crates <laughs> and give you like all this great equipment that you'd never it's been issued because they brand new yeah and they're like okay you guys got about four days to like train up on all this shit like yeah you were using those shitty rocket launchers we're giving you these anti-tank missiles uh, here's a manual uh hey sergeant yeah. go, go train the entire company or like now we're going to give you the actual nerve the gas manuals, things. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. I will say that the manuals, because during the ROTC program that I had, we got to go down to um, Fort Knox for a week, and we actually got to go through part of basic training as freshmen in high school, or just after freshmen. And so I will say that the manual, the manuals are pretty good on explaining things. Um, so they're not so horrible that I remember, but yeah, just give them four days. Here's the manual and that's it. That's a little crazy. Tony, were you in ROTC in high school? Yes, I was. You fucking nerd. You're a total fucking nerd. <laughs> I am. I am. And I fly my nerd flag high. You are the biggest nerd. Were you Explorer Scout? Like what else did you do? Like, did you do? <laughs> I was a band. <laughs> that's um, right. I, yeah, I should, you had yeah. a band. I should have known. Yeah. Right away. I did play volleyball though. Um, so I did do sports. Oh my god! It's really you're not helping yeah. your cause. We had a yeah. We yeah, had that's not helping. Volleyball. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, were you on I'm the ping pong team? Up. Were you on the ping pong team? I'm just going to shut up. What about Shut up. Did you play badminton? Hey, I flag. I fly my nerve. My nerve flag high. So it's just the way I was. I had a bunch of friends and. We kicked ass with the the ROTC and took nationals several times. So yeah. okay. okay, with all due respect to your high school ROTC experience, like we're talking about the actual military. Here. This is like <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But it was cool because we got to go into the um, M1 tank. Uh, um, uh, why can't I think of it? Um, simulators, and we got to fire the weapons and stuff. So that was oh, that's cool. cool. So this must have been more recent though, because I think we're older. We might be older than you. Because I don't think we had any simulators like that. No, I, certainly not. My graduation year was 96. For high school? For high school, yeah. Yeah, so you're about you're four years older than me. Actually, shit, no. You're younger, eight, younger. Years, eight years younger than me. Eight years younger. Yeah, Yeah, this would have been about 92, 93 is when we went down to Fort Knox. So I was in the military after that, and we still didn't have simulators. Yeah, right. But so, so the way the military works is they give you all this shitty equipment to train with, and then when you're actually getting ready to go to war, then they panic and deliver like 800 crates of equipment to you like three days before you're going to deploy, and then expect you to like suddenly you, uh, you're an expert in it. That learn how to use all this stuff that you've never used before. Um, so I asked about the tear gas chamber because I was I remembered when I was in ROTC, like we'd have to go. I was in I was in college ROTC, Tony, which is like the real. You're RTC, also a fucking nerd. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't I'm, matter whether no, it's high school or college. No, it it's still no, works the, the same. The difference is I'm getting something out of it. They were actually paying for my college. That's like, true. Yeah. I didn't That's volunteer true. for it. And you were a lieutenant when you came out of the that's right college yeah so yeah 
Yeah, because I it, it was funny. Like when when you get out of college ROTC, you know, it's basically like a football draft where you pick your branches that you want to go to in the army, and uh, then the the branches like select you. They say, "Oh, this guy had MPs picked first, so we're going to take him." But I what I didn't realize was that if you go to Duke ROTC, um, you're going active duty. Like oh, basically, yeah. they've paid way too much money for your college. Like they are not letting you go reserves. Like we had a couple <laughs> guys who tried to go reserves. Like no, they're taking you. You're going. You're going <laughs> to. They're going to get their pound of flesh because they see Duke and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're taking that guy." So, um, you, what you have to do is you have to go off to camp uh, between your junior and senior year, and you get like a, a. You basically go to like thirty days. I went to Fort Lewis. In fact, that year because of Desert Storm. Uh, it was 90, 1990 to 91, probably. So everyone went to Fort Lewis instead of going to local camps. Fort so, Lewis uh, sucks. Yeah. So you go there for, and we're on the old side. We're, and it's funny because later on when I was active duty, I, I actually was stationed at Fort Lewis. And now I know that they, we were on like the East Fort, which is like the old shitty or, or whatever. It's the old side, the old fort. So uh, old barracks, old barrack houses. So uh, the idea is you go there and you're going to get evaluated. And they're going to give you a ranking um like a, you get a one or two but really everyone is either going to get threes three a three b three c which three a is the best or four which is really good or a five which is like a really good score and so they, they're basically trying to assess you as to what kind of leader you're going to be um i didn't do great in this environment uh, like i came in and uh i i don't know like my girlfriend had just broken up with me. Um, I, I was a junior and get out of my junior year in college. I was in a fraternity. So suddenly I'm in a barracks with a bunch of other cadets. And now we have to live 30 days basically like, and with our TAC officers and drill instructors. And uh, so one day they took us off to the, uh, the gas chambers. They had like a tear gas chamber there. And uh, so for the soldiers, it was weird because they're kind of assigned to help out with the camp. So they don't really know how to handle the, the cadets because we're going to be officers, but we're not officers yet. But they're kind of just like E5s and E4s, so they're not quite sure how to deal with us. So we get to this unit that's running the tear gas chamber. And uh, so they give us these masks and they, we show us how to use it and how to clear it and everything. So I'm like, all right, cool. And then they go, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to go into the tear gas chamber, which is basically this enclosed concrete building. Okay. And then they're like, then we're going to go in there. We're going to light off these uh, tear gas canisters. And so the room's going to fill with tear gas. I'm like, all right. And it goes, and then you're going to take off your mask. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. The last part, like we're going to, why, why would we take off our mask? The guy's like, well, um, by taking off your mask, you're going to take off your mask. You're going to yell at your platoon motto. I'm like, what, why would we t take off our masks if we're in this chamber? To prove that they work. Right. He said, exactly. He goes, yep. he goes, well, uh, to get you accustomed to it. And I'm like, are, is the enemy going to shoot tear gas at us? <laughs> like, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, we're not rioting. Like, like, <laughs> like, I'm like, why would we get tear gas fired? The Saddam, Soviets are going to hit you with. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. just give them the worst tear gas we have. They're gonna Send out the, the CS gas. They're going to be super itchy. Um, so I was like, eh. I was like, I don't think I want to uh, take off my mask really because like, he's like, no, no, it'll show you that the mask works. I'm like, yeah, but I know it works because I'm not breathing in tear gas and I can clearly see that there's tear gas everywhere. So he goes, well, no, it's so you know how the tear gas will feel. 
So again, I could never have gotten away with this if I was like a recruit in training, but I think because we were officers. So I said, well, um, I might be shot in combat. Are you going to shoot me so I know how it feels? Like I said, I don't get the logic. So then there was this one guy in my squad. This explains why I didn't get a great uh, rating in all this. My attitude explains a lot of this. Um, so this one guy in my squad was prior service. So he goes, don't worry about it, man. I've been through this a million times. Just do what I do. You'll be fine. I'm like, he goes, yeah, I've been through this a bunch of times. So I'm like, okay, he's another cadet. He's been in the, he was enlisted before. Now he's going to be an officer. So he's like, just follow my lead. So we, we go in, we put our masks on, we have our mop gear on, we go into the room, the guys, and it's dark. It's like really dark. Uh, there's no windows, obviously, so it contains the tear gas in this really small, maybe 20 foot by 20 foot room. So small. And the guy and lights it, it so off. hot. Oh, dude, it, the guy lights off the fucking thing and tear gas is everywhere. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to watch this guy. The guy said, do what I do. So guys, they're like, eh, take off your masks. So I'm like, all right. So we take off our masks and I look over at this guy and he just goes, <laughs> And starts in the fucking room. I'm like, this is the guy I'm supposed to watch. And they're like, they're, they're screaming at him, don't you fucking throw open my fucking camera. And this guy's like, oh, he's like dying, like falling over. I'm like, holy shit. I was like, what? what the fuck is going on? I'm like, that's my guy. I'm supposed to watch this guy. So, whatever. That was my experience. So, <laughs> well, was it just take off the mask? Like they, we we had to take off our masks, we put them back in the bags, run no. around the room a couple times, do jumping jacks, push ups. I think they made us like yell our platoon motto and like stuff like that, and then put our masks back on and clear them. Yep. Meanwhile, this guy is like fucking on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> They're like dragging him out of the room. So I was like, all right. It's it is one of those things though that like five or six times later, it's it's not that bad. Yeah, and I had actually, a, a, speaking of tear gas, I had a company commander once who, when he was a platoon leader, was down in Panama, and uh, they used to practice like civil disturbance type stuff because the Panamanians would protest about the canal and stuff. Yeah, and, go like, figure. So the, so the MPs had to like practice, and they had these giant CS dispensers on top of their Humvees that would vent CS gas, like powder, all over the people. And so... Uh, he was running one of his exercises once. He was a brand new lieutenant. And normally they would put like baby powder and stuff inside the, the launchers because, you know, they didn't want to use the CS powder itself. So you basically spray baby powder. And uh, so uh, he's watching the exercises, platoons down there, and they have all these op four guys, like a bunch of guys from other platoons that are pretending to be protesters. They're like, bah, bah. And so all the officers are watching. And uh, then his guys drive up in their Humvees and they get their launchers and they just start like dosing everybody with all the and and his guys his other platoon leaders are like dude where did you get all that baby powder he's like baby powder it's, he put the actual cs powder in so now all the op four are like ah! they start screaming and they're oh, running fuck. all over the field he, he loaded all the actual cs powder in so he's tear gassed all these fucking people like about 80 people who were protesting like but acting but the other problem is uh I don't know if it's Southcom or whatever, but but the headquarters for the Panamanian command is like an old building and it doesn't have a lot of AC. So all the windows are up. It's like one of these big old buildings. Suddenly the wind kicks up and blows all the fucking CS powder into Southcom headquarters. So now people are like colonels and generals and oh, shit fuck. are at their offices. They're like, ah! they're all start running out of the building. 
<laughs> all the powder got blown right into the command headquarters. So hey, I think he told he told me the story like That's one day funny. after after he was like, "You think you had a bad day today? Let me tell you one of my bad days." Yeah. So. All right, so that's it. That was that's your guess. I dig it. Show, I think. Um, so, uh, Jason, what are you playing? Um, I'm playing 13 Days. Um, um, and I think that's it. I I, and, I haven't and, been and playing have, a lot. Have you played 13 Days with the wife, or is that solo, or what is that? No, I'm playing it online. Let me um one second. Let me find the website. It's like chandry.com or something like that. Yeah, I saw I saw that. 13 days has been something I've been wanting to get played cuz I've got the I've got actually got the 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 game itself, but it's something that I've wanted to. <clears throat> yeah, so this is um yeah, it's chantrygames.com. Um Barry told me about it cuz he I because we were talking about it last episode. And uh, he's like, hey, there's an online module that enforces the rules and everything. And it's it's actually pretty slick. The, the user interface isn't great. Um, it's, I shouldn't say it's not great. It's just, it's not all the, it's not clear what things do all the time. Um, but it enforces the rules and tells you, you know, when it's your turn and everything. The only thing it doesn't do is, like, give you an alert. So it doesn't send you an email or something like that, like some of the other websites do. But that, that's literally all of the game playing I've been doing. I um, have an update on the white duck. I finally sent out Duck's white duck print and play package that's uh, now two months late. What was the game? <clears throat> uh, aliens. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he shows Aliens and then a couple other smaller games. And um, Aliens proved to be more difficult than, than, than I expected to put together. And uh, with the travel and the two-year-olds take up a lot of time i'm, I'm not sure if people realize that uh, big big pain in the ass <clears throat> um so yeah I, i've dedicated my game playing time to actually building those games finally well i hope duck's happy for absorbing all of your game playing time <laughs> well he he appreciate, it took, it hopefully he appreciates it oh yeah how about you tony what do you you're playing washington's crossing what else um, I've been. I actually played um, in Magnificent Style, um, which is about the uh, Pickett's Charge. Um, it's a solo game by VPG Games. Um, I know Jason's played it. Really good. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's fun. It's definitely a game. Yeah, it's a solid game too. Um, it's light. I've kind of been playing it in between turns that I've been doing on uh, Washington's Crossing. Well, cool. I've been. Uh, I've been doing uh, Next War Poland with Ralph. Uh, just playtesting that. Uh, and now uh, Pete and I have decided basically to start uh, ASL Shield of Chom. So we're going to mm. start the, the historical module for Kampf Group Sharer, the Shield of Chom. So, and we decided that on a whim. Basically, Pete and I are very flighty. So, <laughs> like, I'll mention a game to Pete, and Pete will be like, oh, like I'm gonna... oh, let's do it. Right. Like, I'll, we'll be it's talking. On. Like, oh, I'm like, I have Warfighter World War II. He's like, okay, I'm buying $150 worth of like, <laughs> Warfighter World on. War II stuff. I, yeah, I have minis. Right. A painting. Yeah, that Pete doesn't require a lot to uh, get inspired. Yeah. So, but it's really cool because the maps are like uh, s- springtime on one side, winter on the other. There's a lot of cool rules, and cool. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. As usual, he's playing the Germans. I'm playing the Soviets. Is there uh, something to that? 
Yeah, Pete. I think his he's from he has German heritage, so I think he prefers to play Germans. Um, though he's nice enough, like when the Germans are really evil, then he lets me play them. Like, <laughs> so he switches. Like if it's like a Warsaw, <laughs> if it's like a Warsaw ghetto scenario, then yeah. he's like, "Oh, Dave, you can play the SS who are trying to kill everybody." I'm like, "Oh, thanks, Pete. I really appreciate it." That's heartwarming. Um, I soloed. Uh, I've been soloing World War II Warfighter. So that's a great game. Yeah. That is a fun, that's a that's a blast. I have right. it too, Dave, and that it's a is great a blast. System. And and Rex sent me sent me a really nice gift. Gave me two of the Soviet packs, so I now have Soviets to use. Ah, so sweet. I'm running my I'm running Soviets through, and it's very cool because uh, the Soviets have like a terrain where. Uh, you can either stay in the city and fight in the city, or if you want to go out in the woods, then you start your guys start getting cold. They have to like roll versus being cold that can suppress them, uh, or they can have like heavy heavy winter gear. So it adds the environment to the game a lot. So yeah, I've got those. I haven't broke those out yet. I've just been playing with the base game just to get it down. But yeah, I kickstarted it and got all the extra stuff. Although the minis that it comes with aren't that helpful. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't care about the uh, minis at all. But I'm just like basically, like I, I really like, and I don't know if the U.S. part has this, Tony, but I, I like that uh, uh, the Soviet squad had like a sniper who was much better at, at firing from two locations away than one or, or zero locations. So uh, my squad took the rubble, and then I put the sniper in the rubble, and then my squad advanced, and she could basically like cover them as they're moving forward through locations. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that, that that looked really cool. I, I saw I saw you put that on. That looked really really cool. I've got to get now. Now it makes me want to get the Soviets out. But I also got the poles too, if I remember right. Yeah, I didn't get the poles. But the and the other interesting thing is, so the concern, like, so if you're going to leave a sniper behind you, um, they're going to generate reinforcements. So, because basically in, in Warfighter, if you're in a location, then you have to uh, check for, to see if re enemy shows up there. So you'd be worried that your sniper might get overwhelmed because there's no one guarding her and she's not good at fighting like point blank type ranges. So if a reinforcement was to pop up, they should be in trouble. But there's a card you can play in uh, Warfighter World War II that's a stay low that makes a location a no reinforcement location. So it was cool because I could put her in the rubble, I played stay low on it, and then I uh, was able to advance and know that she was going to be safe and not attacked by enemy. So. <laughs> I think the game is really well done. I really like yeah, what it's, they've done it's, with it. It's really good. I I didn't want to put the investment in the the new one um, when I saw that the World War II one was coming out. So that's where I put my investment in, and I haven't regretted it at all. Yeah, and they've got woods and factories. Like the idea is, if you're out in the woods, there's a greater chance of you becoming frozen or or suffering penalties because of the cold. Whereas if you want to stay in the city, you're you're a little bit warmer. Um, I am concerned a little bit. I don't know. I ha I've only played it solo, so we're going to play the game on. Uh, multiplayer seems like it might be too easy because if everybody gets a hand of cards, it seems like there's going to be way too many action cards being played. So, but I think I think it ramps up because you have a higher <clears throat> If if you have more people, you have less supply points or whatever to spend on what you get to take in. Right. Right, but can't everybody just take a player character and be still around 50 or 60 and have a full hand of cards? Yeah, maybe. I, like thought, I thought there was a way a that it ramped up. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think the enemies get a little bit worse. No, if, if you have more deployment points, there's more enemies. 
but you could still, instead of everybody having a non-player character or like squaddies, you could have uh, just each person with a player character and still fit under the deployment limit. Mm. And yet they all have a full hand of cards based on their health. So I'm not sure how multiplayer is supposed to work. But but don't, yeah, I don't know. I I can't remember. Because the enemy is based on how many points of, of right. Exactly. The people you have, right. but each person can take a player character and, and still be under 50, 60 points total yeah. for the group. Yeah, it, It's got to limit the amount of um, equipment that you can have per character if everybody has a um, uh, a player character. So that's, uh, that it, might be a difference. Well, well no, I, it does, Tony, but I mean, my, my issue is that while it, you'll, you'll still total have the same amount of points, each the, person each person is going to have the same hand of cards, have, so you're going to have yeah. more options. Okay, more I get cards. what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's one thing if I'm playing solo and I have one hand of cards to play, but now there's four of us playing and we have 32 cards that we can pick from to play. It seems like that's going to be really brutal for the the enemy. That yeah, yeah. I'll be curious. I I I have thought about buying the the World War II edition. Just looks so cool. It's streamlined. It's a lot yeah. easier. It's very streamlined, and it's and I, I know you gave that that L shaped thing. They don't do that anymore, so that makes yeah, it a little bit easier. Yeah, but I mean the L shaped thing didn't really. <laughs> it was like that wasn't I, that big, I, was I, it? I, so I, funny, so funny. That was such an issue. <laughs> I, I, I still, still can't believe me. that Jason picked that that issue. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and then other games I've gotten recently, uh, I am pushing through my Stonewall Jackson's Way Two email campaign. Oh my god, I'm ready Good. for it to be done, but I refuse I to end it early, so we're just plowing through it. Um, and then uh, I got Great Battles Alexander, the deluxe edition, Great Battles of History. That's cool. And that's uh, sweet. You did that it is, is very very cool. Nice. I bought it. It's really nice. And I got Thunder in the Ozarks. Oh, so, very nice. I have not played it yet, but I have it. I've I've read the rules for that system and. I just couldn't get the couldn't get to the game to the table. It looks super cool though. Yeah, I've got it set up. I haven't done anything with it, but we'll see. Um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping it's it's what Huzzah wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's like scale, but it's better. So we'll see. Um, what about pre-orders? What do you guys have, Jason? You got something you're looking forward to this year in pre-order? Well, hopefully, Fields of Fire, right? I mean, supposedly oh, so. it's it's supposed so. to be out in what march or april oh, that's what they say i'm oh my gosh you guys are <laughs> i love you guys you guys are so optimistic so gullible. i'm hopeful i'm hopeful so gullible um nothing huge that i'm that i'm really looking forward to there's a couple legion games that i don't think will come out this year um oh and it, uh the the next enemy coast ahead the the doolittle raid should be out sometime this year i think and that's that's high up on my list yeah, and Jason, we have to have an episode where we go over DNB and Foo. I think we need to like really do that one. We, so. we should dive into it. That, that I, sounds interesting to me too. It's a great fucking game. It's it is really cool. So I'm not good. sure if I know how to play it correctly, but I. It's so different, like with the entrenching mm-hmm. and the moving. I'm not sure if I'm even. Like, There's a lot if of we hook up at a, If we hook up at a convention, I think we need to play that one. Just sit down and play it all the way through. Well, you you, you know we have a convention. Maybe that's where we would do that. <laughs> we, we will both that's be there. That's a great idea, Jason. Hey, <laughs> hey, did you know we had a podcast? If, if only a we podcast. had a convention where we could do this kind of stuff. That is a great idea. And probably like the first day. If we do it in the morning and afternoon of the first day, then at least it'll get played. Because after that, the, the schedule is 
is full of right. hangovers and that that's what's really funny games. when guys are getting all worked up about the schedules i see it even at the game on thing i'm like you guys are a bunch of idiots like they're trying to schedule everything all the way through i'm like that schedule is going out the window like halfway through the immediately second yeah, yeah. T- tony do you have anything pre-ordered that you're you're looking forward to this year the one thing i'm looking for and i'm hoping that it gets in is also on legion it's the dunkirk um by um yeah, that Lutman. game looks badass. Uh, yeah, it was also on, at one point it was on um, what it was White Dog Games. Yep. And I saw the reviews on that. And it was really good, and you know Legion's just going to put a, a a nicer uh, product to it. And I that's the one I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I have that on my list too. And Dave, oh, speaking of pre-orders, 65 should be here. I was supposed to get it yesterday, but UPS shockingly fucked it up, and so it'll be here Monday now. Damn millennials. I know, damn millennials. Yeah, I've just got a bunch of ASL products that I'm waiting for, basically. Um, like and, the Korean War one. Like, there's a, I okay, got a shitload yeah. of stuff through that. I, I, I did go through uh, GMT, and I think I've got like 13 or 14 ridiculous games. Like, I, I was interested in uh, uh, the one that uh, Mr. 1000 was kind of reviewing. Uh, it's a Franco-Prussian war game based on the old oh, Victory yeah. Games Civil War engine. I thought that yeah. was cool, but it, it seemed like it was a little rough. But Is, I is think that Compass? or I, It might be. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah that's, I, that's, the, that's Compass. It's what, the On the Paris? Yeah, and then but then they've got the one on to like Mets or what is the one that uh, GMT is doing? There's one that's pre-ordered through GMT. Oh, I yeah, think, the, too. the Herman Lutman game. Yeah, so I've got yeah. that one. Like I'm, I'm hoping to get some more solo games, uh, just because I had such a great experience with Warfighter that I really like those. So um, it's good. So I dig it. I don't know. I don't I know anything also, particular. Yeah, I did also pre-order the um, B17 um, leader. Which should be coming from DVG, so I'm kind of interested to see how that goes because they say there's going to be um, kind of like a B17 Queen of the Skies type possibility with it as well. Now, is that just one though where you just roll dice and see what happens? And you just kind of you're along for the ride, or the B17 is um, like the Queen of the Skies is, but the Leader series. Um, I've got the 18 F18, the Hornet Leader, and so there's a lot of pre-planning to it, and if you and it's the pre-planning that's really kind of the fun part of the game because it's kind of like given um, for the, at least for the Hornet is kind of given, um, but it's going to follow that leaders where you have uh, mission objectives to get to and things like that. So it's a little bit more, I think it's a little bit more decision-making than the original B-17. Yeah. More tactical decision-making. That's good. Yeah. Cause some of them feel like it's, it's kind of like when I play history maker baseball, sometimes it feels like you're just kind of watching the game play. Like how many times can you intervene and like actually make decisions? It's so you're just going through a book, rolling dice and seeing what the results are. So Tony, do you have a game you want to review? Yes, I do. Dave, um, you are, you're, actually... in, you're in pole position. So <laughs> okay. You've earned it. That. You've earned um, your spot during actually... qualifiers. <laughs> ah, yeah two of 20 so i'm like dead last i'm not on the pole <laughs> position but we'll start from the back and move forward um uh the game i'm doing is uh washington's crossing i'm actually going to review that one um rex had asked for a mini review and knowing that i was going to review it i just said i really like it um but there are definitely some aspects of this game i absolutely love um it's going to irritate the hell out of some people because uh, it is kind of fiddly on the charts um, yeah so this is one I've actually played, so yeah, I have some um, input. 
Yeah. And what I like about it is the charts. Um, instead of um, just like your um, this unit is represents this much, you actually have a physical number of troops that you have on the charts um, going all the way down to um, tens. So you could, um, so it's like you lose a percentage of the troops. So you're actually losing troop numbers, not just strength points. Yep. Um, and I absolutely love that. I think it's very realistic um, in that aspect. It makes it it makes it more, um, I don't know, it feels like you're actually with the troops when you're doing it because you're like, okay, I'm losing, you know, 20% of these troops. So I'm losing 100 troops out of my 500 that I have. So, it, and I absolutely love that. Um, it is fiddly when it comes because you got to keep adjusting those tracks. Um, but I absolutely think it's a fiddly worthwhile. Um, I, I think I, so. You know, yeah, it's pretty rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what I like about it is just because I know a lot about this uh, Revolutionary War, which Braxton, no Revolutionary War questions, <laughs> not a good thing. He, he tends to uh, do that. Yeah. Uh, he seems to he seems to figure out what people don't know before that. So um, but it makes the um, American the British players actually doesn't move very well. So you really have to think out as a British player how you're going to move. Um, because you get, because you're not, as the British, they didn't do, they thought this was going to be an easy thing. They're just going to beat a few battles and they were going to win. Um, they didn't understand the kind of the spirit of it. And that's where I really like it is because they don't, you can't surprise them. There's a, before you actually have a combat, um, you actually have to, um, uh, you, you actually have to, um, go through a surprise list and the Americans get a positive for this prize because they were always surprising the British um, and the British aren't. So I really, really liked the uh, surprise factor because it can really negate a large number of troops. Mm -hmm. And, the, and um, it just to does see away, how, yeah, it, it does away with the, the God factor of you can see these guys on the map, but you're still surprised because of how the combat works. Yeah, yeah, and you can solo. It makes the solo so much easier. And I've actually got to the point where I don't even look at the charts anymore because even if I looked at the charts to see, because um, I'm soloing it kind of myself. So even if I know, and I kind of threw this one out just to see what would happen, uh, kind of one of those. Okay, how does this game work, and can I break it? Is I had a troops with 2,100 troops in it. I had a, a British troops 2,100 versus 500. Um, American troops, and it ended up the surprise factor because it was raining and because there was a couple other factors. The American troops weren't surprised, and they actually added five percent to the British troops, uh, their losses. So they ended up with the way the roll happened. It ended up being that the British troops lost twenty percent, and so did the American troops. Yeah, the American it, troops don't. It, it seems kind of interesting. It's almost like the way OCS works, where you don't yep. know what the fight's going to be like based on quality and surprise like they have that surprise mechanism built into the action ratings you know for ocs where a small unit can actually defeat a big unit based on its quality and whether it can get surprise on the opponent yeah and and this this uh, this troop ended this uh particular action and somebody put up a really good um uh aid uh, a printout for it so you can just complete this um page and it actually is kind of a nice record of who fought and where they fought and like it helps you um get all the modifiers because there is a lot of modifiers so battle's not exactly easy it's not complicated easier once you do it once or twice you know exactly what you got to do but this way it's like all on one page 
Um, but it ended up the you know the American troops lost twenty percent, which was only a hundred troops, while the British lost like five hundred troops because they just weren't surprised and the role wasn't there. So it's really kind of it's really neat in that aspect. Also, it's kind of got one of those. Um, it's kind of like the um, um, uh, the Stonewall Jackson with the fatigue. So after you move, you have to fatigue them, and it affects your battles. Um, so much actually, the fatigue doesn't affect the battles so much as it does the movement and other things along those lines. But in this case, if you get too much fatigue, it does affect the battles. So in that aspect, it works out. And the night turns are pretty simple. Um, of course, during this time, the Americans did a lot of night movements. That's how they surprised a lot of the British is overnight. So you actually get a positive modifier for moving at night but you got to watch out because you only get like so many activation points per turn so it's yeah, not like and anybody who hasn't read about washington's campaign in new jersey during this period it was really a masterful campaign yeah he he knew exactly what he was doing um uh and if just to put it out there um there's a great biography by ron chernow that talks about washington from cradle to grave and really describes how he did things and i absolutely loved it yeah i think i think this campaign really showcased his abilities i mean he was his operations in new jersey was probably the peak of his his achievements yeah because after that he became known as the general of retreat because he knew how to retreat <laughs> he knew how to retreat um, stealthily and causing issues. Um, and so I always, I always tell my students when I'm teaching the Revolution Wars is I don't know how the Americans physically won the war. It just does not make sense, other than that the the hubris of the British was so high that it just doesn't make sense. And this this game really shows that. And I and there's supposed to be more. Um, uh, modules out for this so there's supposed to be even some more um that they're talking about bringing out so but i absolutely love it um the only downsides is that i think is is the counters are way too small and the map hexes are way too small too you really have to like move the counters just to even see the hex number the map is beautiful but the hexes are way too small now, now how many units per side basically Oh, it's it varies. Um, each leader can have a maximum of three thousand, or um, it actually varies. It depends. Certain certain leaders can only have up to so many, and it's listed on the charts how many they can have. Um, so I would say that the British definitely have the the manpower um, advantage, um, but it's negated by all the other advantages. Um, so all the other, um, it's negated by like not being able to move as quickly. So it actually makes sense. Um, the British, you know, the Americans always did the guerrilla kind of warfare, but, um, so, so, so Tony, like my, my, I guess my question is, and I was off doing a wine run real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, how, how did the British win? Like what's um, their, it's, what's it's their all goal? victory points. Yeah. They're, it's all they're, victory points. Yeah. So they're trying points. to hold on to towns and cities or. They're trying to hold on to some, but it's also very offensively oriented for the victory points. They need to get down to Philadelphia and to get to Philadelphia, while the um, Americans need to get up to um, uh, Brunswick and Amboy, where the British are uh, located. If you can get to those two, two sides respectively, your activation points are absolutely um, are cut in half. So you get eight activation points 
per round or per a day. There's four turns per day. Um, and what's really neat is you can like, like in Stonewall Jackson's way, you can activate like Jackson and then he activates all his leaders. Well, in this case, like I can activate Washington for four activation points, but I can activate six leaders that are within a certain hex number from him. So it's, it's, it's so, not like, so yeah, it pays to keep the army consolidated and the, the units near him. Well, it, it it can, but it can also be beneficial to split like two guys off on their own and then just activate them on their own. And it ends up, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but you end up having like four to like eight leaders on each side, and that's really all that's on the map, right? Yeah, the map is very yeah. Most of it, yeah. There's a uh, there's about eight on the American. Actually, there's more on the American side. Um, there's about 13 leaders okay. but what's really cool is you can send out um dispatches not dispatches um detachments so like they have um ferry crossings to get across the delaware and only the americans use the ferry crossings the only way the british can get across is if you have weather that's freezing and you actually determine the weather each turn so every roughly four hour four to eight hours you determine the weather and if it's freezing, then the British can cross the Delaware. But if it's not freezing, they're not allowed to use the, the um, crossings, the the ferry crossings. So what's cool is like if you can only send like 250 across the ferries, but your the leader you have has like 400, you can send a detachment across of 250 or 500 or whatever you're allowed to cross that turn, and you can still move. So it works out pretty well. But most of the leaders, um, you do get two spare leaders for the British, for the Americans, just to activate them, and they can activate more. They don't actually don't have any troops. Green and I think Sullivan. Um, of course, Green was from the Green Mountain Boys and things like that. Um, very good leaders, um, and they so they can activate other units, but they have no actual troops themselves. So there's a few more, but the British definitely have a lot fewer. But I love the detachments and kind of one of the neat mechanics of this game and where i love the history of it is you actually before each turn you have an american raid phase where you roll the dice to see if the americans actually like raid a leader that's within like 15 hex of a certain leader so you can actually do some damage before you actually get a turn and that's how the americans did a lot of it is they did these little snippet raids just to window down the troops a little bit like like grabbing stragglers and picking up like 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 basically doing like a night raid, like to come in and like kill a bunch of guys and fade back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's done before each turn. So you can take, you know, five, 10% of troops off of a leader before the turn even starts. So it's really kind of fun. Um, you do have to, it's a 10 sided dice and it's zero to nine. So there's no 10 with the zero. And I, I totally get why that's so frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, come on. Can we just put a 10 or yeah, a zero? Exactly. Is it a zero or a 10? It's a number. 10 is a number, guys. Yeah. So this is actually zero to nine. And if you roll a zero, one, or two, you actually get a raid. And then you can actually go to the next step, which is like determining which um, leader it rate, which leader rates. And then you have to see if there's a leader within 15 hexes to actually do the raid. So it's like kind of one of those quick hits. Now, you can actually lose troops on that, too. So it's not like a guaranteed you're, the British is going to lose. The Americans can actually lose, too, as well. That sounds interesting. You know, like, uh, have you ever read the book uh, Fusiliers? 
it's a it's a I think it's about the thirty third no. Fusiliers. It follows them all through. Uh, they fought in almost every campaign in the American Revolution. Um, their biggest percentage of losses that they suffered was from desertion. So like when they would try to move the regiment yeah, to another location, and, yeah. the guys were like, well, my girlfriend's here. The British soldiers basically saw how good life was in the colonies. And they were like, yeah, we're not going to leave. Like they would just, they, they like they, the locals would be like, do you want to be our school teacher? Or like you could do this. Or every time they tried to move the regiment, they would lose like a third of the, <laughs> their ranks who would just desert right away. And the, the Hessian, yeah, the Hessians were notorious for doing that too. Um, well, they, 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 got, made, they made efforts yeah. to keep the Hessians out of Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. where they were worried that the local German population would be more likely to cause them to desert. They tried yeah. to keep the Hessians away from areas that, it turns out the, the ladies were a secret weapon. They lured them away, like, hey, come here, big guy. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I really love this. Of course, this is by Revolution Games. Um, and they're supposed to bring in about other modules. I can't wait till the other modules come out just to see um, what the difference is. Um, but it's it's a series game, so I it's, or at least it's planned to be. So I, I love the fact that I can learn the rule history and then I can just kind of review when the next module comes out and see what anything. And um, I think we've talked about it, Dave. Is series makes it easier to play a game because you learn the series rules and then it's just the individual rules that change from time to time yeah it's nice i mean that's the temptation of series right that you don't have to relearn the game every single time like with when brad is doing labatai and he's playing like he's texting me all the time like for me a lot of the answers are right off the top of my head because i played a bunch of labatai um but it is a trap sometimes because you do get where you're only playing the series instead of trying out new game systems and you have to have some kind of comfortable medium between the two. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got a ton of the and I haven't started the series, but that uh Revolutionary Civil War Brigade series uh, by uh MMP, I can't wait to get into that. Well, I think you would like BAR, like Monmouth, the Battle of Monmouth. They've got some Oh, I've I've actually that was the other one of the other P five hundreds that I'm looking forward to is the three um God, the um, yeah, but that's, the, yeah, you're talking about GMT, right? Brandy yeah. wine and that, that. Mm -hmm. but I'm yeah. talking, I'm talking BAR, okay, Clash of Arms. Oh, it's, okay, yeah, the Mammoth Battle, I think you'd really like it's great, it's really pretty cool. Like, I can't I don't have the time yet because I still have a job to learn the BAR Ew. set, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was looking I at all my totally. games. seriously, for the podcast, I was looking around all my games, like, oh, god, and I've got. This none but heroes. I've got all these games. I'm just like, I need to like stop working and just play war games full time. I think at this point, just become a teacher, Dave. I have so, all summer. Hey guys, hit those Amazon links. Just keep linking through Amazon. No, no doubt. Buy that, some that shirts. Just, we'll just become full time uh, war gamers. That's all we'll do. <laughs> I might get but, back on that. That'd be awesome. But Tony, I think you would really like the Battle of Monmouth. Very cool. I mean, and for me, growing up in Monmouth County, it was kind of cool to, like, I always knew about the battlefield and then seeing that there's a BAR game about it. It was awesome. Yeah, the one the one thing is um, I've been watching um, uh, Jeff, uh, Rent Boy, uh, play the, um, he loves the, um, the uh, what's that, the Flying Colors series. Um, and I've watched oh, right, him play yeah. it. And they actually have the Battle of Lake Erie, which is, like, in my backyard. So it's kind of cool. It's like, unfortunately, there's no battles around here that were actually worth gaming. 
because they were like runovers. Like the Battle of Fallen Timbers was um, like a ton of American troops against 500 Native Americans. Just right. like it's good for like a solo, like kind of like the um, kind of like the Magnificent Style or something like that, where you could do something like that, but you can't like historically simulated it. it's just not worthwhile well i think the revolutionary war is actually a fascinating war that gets uh, neglected a lot like i've read some books about saratoga where when the uh, british finally surrendered and they were kind of walking through i mean basically like tons of, of u.s militia started to show up and it ended up overwhelming the british i think in saratoga but the british soldiers were really amazed at like the size of the american colonists you know they because the British troops were mostly drafted from like the, the dregs of society. They weren't, they didn't have great nutrition. They weren't, and they were looking at all these husky farm boys, like staring at them. Yep. Yep. Corn, you know, like corn when, fed. Yeah. When you're looking at a six foot guy and you're only five, eight, no, that, five, and that's seven. What they yeah, they, they commented on it. They commented, they were like amazed by the size of the Americans because they had good nutrition. They were out on the farms, you know, they were eating well, hunting for food, a lot of protein. So that stuff matters. It's, it's, it's the war is an incredible war uh, where like part of a population goes to a new world establishes themselves starts their own way of life and then their struggle with the old way of life trying to like retain control over them it's 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 a it's a really amazing i think part of our history yeah it's it's definitely one of those things that i love teaching about it and i wish i could get more into detail but like i want to get to the civil war because that's that's honestly my bread and butter i have relatives that fought in the civil war so i love teaching the civil war but the revolutionary war is so important and there's so much to it that it's just so much fun has, Ham not, has hamilton made your students more interested in that in that period I've had last year it did this year not so much. Uh, last year I had a few um, some um, literature art people, some like um, people that want to become actors and stuff that knew about it. This year I've said Hamilton and it's kind of glazed over the my class this year. That's interesting. Um, so I don't know for sure. Um, I might actually play a little bit because we're getting to the point where Hamilton actually becomes important um, with the treasury and things like that. And his, that soundtrack his is amazing. And, yeah. yeah, I it was funny because I told him I have a man crush on Alexander Hamilton yeah. because he's like he's like the totally like the best dude ever. Like the reason why he was so downplayed is because like Adam both Adams and Washington hated him and he couldn't support himself because he was dead. So like they could talk about him negatively for years and years without anybody backing him up. Tony, have you have you read Aaron Burr's uh, biography? Uh, I think it's called American Dictator. No, I haven't, but I've read Hamilton's, but I didn't realize there was a Burr dictator because I'm actually related to Burr. Well, I, I actually, my, uh, I won't, I'm, I'm a big, Burr, I think is an interesting character. Uh, oh, totally an interesting character. Burr, Burr's idea, this is kind of like an Aaron Burr thing for me. Like they were like, well, why don't you write down what your belief is in this policy? And Burr said, no, I won't write it down because what is written remains. So he refused to write down his policies because he felt like that would commit him too much to a specific policy. Like it was a very interesting character. Yeah, um, I do have the uh, VPG, the States of Siege game, kind of that has to deal with that. Um, what is it? The, the hero of Weehawken. Weehawken affair. Yeah. So I've yeah, been, the hero I, of Weehawken. I've been trying to I, trade for that game. If anybody listening has a has that for sale or trade, let me know because I've been. 
Hey, I'm, I'm I'll play it, Jason. It I'll play it a couple times. I'll play it a couple times, and I'll let you know, and I'll send it out to you. Or when I head out to Arizona, we'll meet up, what? and I'll give it to you. What the go. fuck? What the fuck, Tony? <laughs> what? Like, like? We know how you feel about VPG, Dave. Oh, that's right. Never mind. That's fine. I'm not going to play test. I don't want any play test copies. I'm that's fine. right. I don't pay money for play test copies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jason, I'll definitely once I played a couple times. It um, looks super I, interesting. Yeah, it it looks really good. Um, I've I'm heading out to Arizona in about two years. Um, my parents live in Su- Surprise, so oh, I right think on. that's pretty yeah, close. That's pretty to close you, to so. me. Yeah, so we'll have to meet up. Now, are you going to go out down there during Consum World? I'll make you some drinks. Oh, that sounds good. Yes, I plan on trying to get there during Consum World. So that's that's kind of my goal is to plan the trip for that. Nice. That's good. Yeah, you got to be smart about it. So yeah, I'm going to game on. So apparently the father-daughter dance got moved, so now I can uh, change my flight in, in Thursday. Dave, you, you lead a charmed life. You put this I, stuff I, out into the universe, and then it just happens. I knew those fuckers were not going to be able to pull it off. Yep. Like when, when my wife told me that the PTA was in charge of it, I'm like, oh, they're going to fuck this shit. <laughs> There's no way. Like you get eight ladies together, yeah. eight house, eight ladies together. I was going to say housewives. Say, like, no say no more. Say no more. Everybody's everybody's an American. Like we all have our <laughs> gifts, right? But that there was no way they were going to pull that shit off, and uh, it, it ended up happening. And so I fucking insured my ticket right through Expedia. Don't ever do that because basically you have to buy refundable tickets. If you don't buy refundable, you're fucked. So I had to pay like an extra hundred and twenty five dollars to change my flight. So I asked the guy. I said, "Well, why don't I just buy a one way ticket to Seattle early?" And then I can go. And he told me that if I don't fly the first leg of my round trip ticket, Alaska will cancel my return ticket. Like that's you know, ridiculous. I, yeah, because I had round yeah. trip Saturday coming back on Monday. I'm like, well, if you're going to charge me 125, I can buy a seventy dollar ticket from Burbank to uh, Seattle on Thursday. Right. But he says if you don't fly the first leg, they'll fucking cancel your second half. Like, how is that even allowed? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, I actually, so looking into it, you know, they have some other shit where if you buy a fucking first class ticket, let's say they have like a really cut rate first class seat, and you, you're like, oh, I'm grabbing that seat, I'm first class. They will later on, if the prices start to go up, downgrade you to business. <laughs> that fucking sucks. Isn't hey, that fucking you, bullshit? Did you, actually, did you actually call Alaska? Because a lot of times if you say, hey, I'm going to be there different, I won't be there for my first, but I'll be taking the right home. The I, problem is because I bought through Expedia, I kind of had to deal oh, with them. Your, so there's I, your problem. Yeah. I should have searched through okay. Expedia and then bought through Alaska. Whatever. I didn't think it was yeah. going to be a big deal. But, but, but the biggest bullshit is literally you can buy a first class ticket on, a, on an airline and if the prices go down, they will downgrade you. And it's like, fuck no. You offered the cheap first class ticket. Somebody bought it. You can't. But they, they do it. They yeah. push you down the business. They might even push you into coach. If they then say later on, well, now coach prices are the same as what you paid for that first class ticket. So That's why I fly Southwest where everyone is first class, which means no one right. is first class. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hate i i love the prices of southwest but i hate southwest all at the same time uh, yeah i don't mind it i can yeah, do it I, it was I, fine i love it i i like how, like how you, have to, you have to you have to check in early to make sure your board yeah. is good but 
I'm flying with a family of five, so yeah, yeah that's, that that's just sucks. Yeah. yeah, well, they're all they're all terrible. So exactly. Alaska, though, so I'm pretty pretty good fan of Alaska right now. So uh, we'll see, though. I, I mean, I paid it, I, dude. I got my fucking ticket basically for one fifty. So then when they were going to charge me 125 for the change, I'm like, well, fuck you. That's still cheap. Like I'm paying, basically paying like almost nothing for the flight. Like there's no way they're, they're making their money off that flight. Like the fuel, I'm going to gain like 10 pounds just to make sure they have to spend more fuel. <laughs> I'm going to fucking beef up. I'm going I'm to eat like a shitload of food and I'm not going to take a shit. I'm going to get right on the airplane. I'm going to take a shit right in the airplane. So I like it. That's how I'm making my money back. Like Even the weight there. That's a good that's idea. That's right. That plane is going to weigh more than it had left. It's going to... <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I have a buddy that um, is a flight attendant on uh, Spirit. Don't ever take Spirit. No, no, that's an awful airline. Well, my wife was a flight attendant for United, so she has all her stories from that. All right, Jason, you got a game you want to review? Sure. Do you, or, I can wait. I'm only five in if, if you need to go. No, I, I can go. Yeah, I'll okay. go. Right. I'll go. Mine's quick. I'll go. I'll mine's go. quick. Okay. I mean, you, mine's really quick. You, you go. Gonna be... Mine, mine's going to be quick, too. All right, or, I go or, or you go? Am quick. I going? Dave, go for it. You, <laughs> I mean, honestly, can you believe there are people who listen to this thing? Like, we record this. I know. I and know. This is why know, they seriously. listen. We're, we're oh, fucking charming. Here, here's the one thing is that I have taken the quizzes like, like this is the worst I've ever done. Seriously, mm-hmm. on this oh, that's what they all Here say. we go. Here we go. I mean, I'm like screaming the answers, like this is it, and it's it. I'm like, but this time I get the topics I just don't <clears throat> even know. But you're also driving to work usually. We we ply everyone with liquor, and then that's right. That's even right. the answers you do, yeah, know, that's true. You I am three correctly. drinks in, and I actually just, I actually just finished that bottle. So I mean, I'm when you're basically like. More. When you were basically like, I can't feel my face, that's usually a bad sign for how you're going to do on the quiz. But it's a good <laughs> yeah. sign for how good the episode is. Yes. That's it's right. Gonna be, yeah. I mean, whatever. You guys listen. So basically, you're just encouraging us. So, <laughs> All right. so do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? I'll go for it. All right. So mine's quick. I'm doing Labatai Quattro Bra. It's uh, from the Labatai series from uh, Clash of Arms. And I know some of these guys will look at the series and be like, it's kind of uh, intimidating. It's kind of confusing because there's like 15 different sets of rules and like different companies that make the game. So that can be like kind of a, a downer when you're trying to play it. I will say that Quattro Bra is a one mapper. And I'd had it. I really hadn't broken it out yet. But so it just came out with a second edition. The uh, counters look great. It's a, it's a, like I said, it's a one map game. There's a, and it's kind of cool because it's a meeting engagement, but there's a lot of historical variations on entries. So uh, normal reinforcements, you roll to see if they're going to show up early or late. And then there's like a table that gives you also uh, for your game that you're playing a major change in how the forces are going to show up for the game. So that's kind of cool. So every time you play, it's going to be very different based on what you roll up on the charts. Um, the, the one uh, really good thing about the game is, especially if you're learning to play Labatai, is the forces show up with a 
a mix of infantry, artillery, and cav, and there's not a lot of troops on the table initially. So you can kind of like walk through how to play, how cavalry charges, and different stuff like that. The other cool thing is there's a real variety between troop quality. So you have shitty like Dutch and Belgian troops, and then you have like uh, really good British troops and like Scottish troops that show up later on, and the French are pretty high quality, and even you have an Imperial Guard uh division that shows up cavalry division that's like awesome really good at fighting so uh so it gives you a wide variety of troops that you can experiment with and see what works um a lot of uh, uh special rules for fortified farms in belgium uh smoke sometimes if you fire you can cause fires and uh units that are hidden in the tall rye so the i guess the fields of rye had been had not been harvested so they'd grown high so a lot of the British units were hidden in these fields, so the French weren't quite clear where they were. So there's like uh, anecdotes where like Lancer units would ride up and the Lancers would plant lances right where the British units were and then right away so that the French artillery could see the lances and then fire accurately on them. So a Lancer might ride up and try to plant a lance near a British unit and then get away so that they could get accurate fire and figure out where they were on the map. So, so it's very cool. I think it's a... Uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, so the, the big thing with Wellington was Wellington was kind of tricky about how he deployed his troops. He would hide them behind slopes. He would hide them in terrain. So after fighting Wellington for a while, the French were very wary of Wellington. So when the first French showed up on the battlefield of Quatre Bras, they're like, ah, oh, we don't like, we only see these guys. Like, but where are the fucking other guys? Well, there were no other guys. But the French were so paranoid about opposing Wellington that they, they were like super careful moving up. So uh, Wellington's strategy paid off, even though it wasn't necessarily used in this particular battle. Um, there's also a neat rule for uh, Wellington's ride, where when Wellington shows up, he can then ride from brigade commander to brigade commander and like do a bunch of bumps to like give them all orders. So there's special rules for Wellington. Um, so overall, it's a really nice game, really pretty. Uh, great maps. Again, you're, you're, you have some great units that you're going to fight with. Uh, I say, so the Imperial Guard, like Cavs, you're not supposed to use them. Like Napoleon had basically forbidden Nay from using them. Fuck that. Use them. They're fun. Like they're really colorful. Throw those guys in there. Like just get them involved. What the fuck? Yeah, fuck it. Like, and then if the French if the French kick ass, then don't use them the next time. But it's a great game for if you're. It's I think it's maybe one of the best intro Labatai games. Like if you haven't done Labatai, and you're going to want to play with the regs, don't play with uh, Marie Louise or any of the rules. Just play with the regs and walk through it using the rules, and you'll have a great time. So that's it. Use so the rules. I, I like that. <laughs> I'm giving it. Well, I, no, the point is yeah. that there's there's so many different sets. Don't use any of the rules that are coming out currently with Clash of Arms. Clash of Arms seems to be changing the rules every single game they publish. Do not use those. Wait for the regs uh, supplements to be published on uh, labatai.us and just keep using those. So the guy who's updating it that, that uh, keeps updating it and just use those rules. Um, it, yeah, the pictures you've put on that I've seen, it just looks absolutely gorgeous. Like that map, like when uh, Clay's talked about being a map whore, that's like me. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Whore, Tony. Whore, yeah. Yeah, let's get that right. Let's get the pronunciation correct. We're going to be sticklers for the whore yeah. pronunciation. Yeah. 
I love the maps, and I think that's one reason why I love the war games is I just love the maps, and and it and, looks like the, the Clash of Arms is gorgeous. The beauty of the Labatai guys is the bottom half is their pants, and the top half is their tunics. So, <laughs> and we haven't had any units that are, we haven't had any units that are flesh colored. Alone, like they're not Donald, nobody's Donald Duck in it in the battlefield. Like everyone has <laughs> pants and tunics, so. But like when you see like the colorful cavalry units and the lancers, you're like, fuck, dude, they like you can really get the feel for how the battle like uh, I've really enjoyed with Brad. Brad's been doing a lot of slow uh, with Moscowa and he texts me all the time with like questions. But I can see that Brad is having so much fun playing the narrative that happens as units fight back and forth. And, I don't, and with the chip pulling and all the crazy shit that can happen, I don't think any game is better for solo play than Labatai. I mean, it's so much fun. I, I run through Quattro like, oh, fuck, we're going to do this. Oh, shit, I can't believe that happened. Like, as you're pulling out shits, it's just a blast. And it's been fun kind of play, like helping Brad out as he plays. Like, he'll send me pictures of the game, and um, he's just having a blast, and I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying him enjoying it, so... But yeah, Quattro Rock, great beginner game. If you haven't played Labatai, get it. Uh, and League Me came out, uh, also great, but I would say definitely Quattro Rock is your perfect starter game. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, specific rules. And if you have questions, just text me and we'll, we'll work it out. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you see, this is the biggest problem with the guild that I have. I end up buying more freaking games because of this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no, this is how Pete is. Pete will be like, we're talking. Pete's like, oh, I just fucking ordered that. Like, to Tyler Craig, Pete's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, this is a really good game. Pete's like, yeah, I just ordered it right now. Literally, I just bought that game. Like, Pete, I'm probably responsible for, like, 95% of Pete's purchases that it's made. So we'll have to text certain people and let them know we're talking about this because yeah. I've noticed this. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. We talk about yeah. games and they sell out. Now, if hey, you're Tony, a publisher Tony, yeah. and you're yeah. listening, understand. We talk about your game and it sells out. So I'm not saying it is going to, to be sold. Yeah. Don't necessarily. You don't have to send us a review copy, but we wouldn't say no. We won't ask for it, but we won't say no. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, and so the bottom line is, it's basically like I think our group. Well, we, I think we have maybe like our membership is probably like four to six hundred like hardcore guys. Yep. But man, they buy a lot of shit. They buy like, some shit. These guys are all buying. Games. Yeah, Legion, like, you have a seven hundred game print run. We have six hundred and fifty hardcore guys. I'm just saying, you don't have like, to send can, it. Like, can and you I'm not going to ask. But I won't Can say you even no. buy Tyler Krieg anymore? I don't know if Tyler so. Krieg is even. I think even, it's sold out. I think it's out of print. Something. It's out of print. It's really yeah. Funny. I can't find it anywhere. I mean, it's 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 like it interested me, but I wasn't going to jump on that one. But yeah, even though. I, but I now like it's looking, too late. Now it's too late. Now even if I wanted it, who knows where it is? And and Tyler Krieg would probably be my game of the year for this year, based on not when it was printed, but when I discovered it. I mean, that's basically the game that I think is like. For this year, meaning sixteen or seventeen? Sixteen, sixteen. That was my game for sixteen. We didn't. We still didn't have a recap. Two thousand sixteen. Oh, uh, Jason, we were only at two hours and sixteen <laughs> oh, minutes. I so I forgot. All right, so we can still do that. Okay, so um, so yeah, Labatai, great game. Quattro Bra, get it. Uh, it's a great starter. 
gives you the, the right feel. Units get fun, funneled in. Though I will say that if you have Moscow, Shevardino is also a great starter scenario. But it's nice that Quattro is a one mapper where you can just play and just have uh, basically the battle be a small, much smaller footprint than you'd be dealing with with Shevardino. So that's it. All right. So Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on pause for a second. We we forgot the format of our podcast. Tony, what do you give Washington's Crossing out of ten? <laughs> Out of ten, I give it a nine out of ten, Jesus. and probably Jesus. about seven beers. Honestly, okay. um, I really like the game. I who, love who it. Made, who but made then the again, game? that's who, it's who a revolution. A I think revolution. it's a Roger. It's a Roger Miller design too, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And yeah, Roger's yeah, a great guy. So, so, love, so nine, nine stars, and how many beers? Uh, about seven. Once you get battle down, it's not that complicated. Nice. <clears throat> you will knock over some some counters though, or you you'll I mean off of the track. I mean, off of the track. Off the track. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's where the that's where you you have to have a little bit of uh, hand eye coordination is the track. But yeah. So, but no, I really absolutely love the game. It's a lot of fun. And a lot of it's because I think it's the history in it and it's fun. Yeah, Jason, you're right. It is really fun. Oh, it's Dave, like, I just it's ordered... quick and then it's like set pieces, and then it's yeah. Yeah, it's easy the night turns. Yeah, the night turns are quick because you're just kind of recovering. Um, but as Americans, you can use it to your advantage. So yeah, I absolutely love it. It's 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 simple but yet deep at the same time. Once you get the battling down, once you mm -hmm. figure out how to do the battling, you're good to go. It doesn't take much. Yep. And then you bought Quatraba. Um, it's on my. I'm about ready to. Yeah. <laughs> go buy it, Dave. Buy it now. It's gonna go. Tony, I'm serious. You have like a. If you don't you buy have, it now, <laughs> right? You, you have either you buy it right now, and you will never regret it, or you can wait till Monday, and then you'll never get to buy it again. Yeah, so, I've got Clash of Arms the website up on my on my it, browser it, right this now. This is the second printing too. So, so Dave, what do you get? Give it out of ten. Um. Okay. So, so let's do two. What do you give I it as like, an intro like Lapatai, and then what do you give it as a Lapatai veteran? Yeah. Okay. So I would say I, I am I am a Labatai hure, and I would say if I, it's it's got everything I want in the game, so I'm giving it a ten out of ten. Like, nice. Uh, and and so nice, yeah. I feel like we review high, but also we don't generally review a lot of games. Like you, Jason, you've reviewed more games that you hated. I love like, reviewing games to shit on them. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I love I it. Did, I love it. I I, I I think next next month I'm going to pull out a VPG game because I have to shit on some kind of game, and that tends to be the game that makes me more angry, the Victory Point game. So uh, I did – I mean I did do bad on Luthen, but then I was so drunk yeah. that I had to review it again. So – but yeah, I think Quattro yeah. is great. I love Labatai. I think it's a great system. I think it's the best. So for me, you guys know the deal. It's going to yep. be a 10. 10 and, and how many beers? For me? Um, and we'll go with Nick. We're, we're always talking domestic, so this is for the Swede. Jeez, uh, seven, eight. I okay. mean, I answer I answer Brad's Labatai questions drunk and he's, all the time, and he's also drunk, so that's fair. Oh yeah, Brad's texting me all the time asking me Labatai questions, and I'm always hitting them up. But but yeah, if you guys play, just get my texts, and then we'll just if you have questions that come up because i think i clear like i give them like rule references like i'll i'll be talking to my wife i'm like oh this is really important 
I make my wife stop talking. And then I run into the rule book. And then I text, I text him not only the solution, but the rules reference. And I'm like, okay, what were you telling me about how so and so did Yeah, didn't no, get the no. textbooks in time and ugh, so fascinated. Now, Dave, I've got to the point where I'm playing a lot of my solo games while my wife is watching TV. So I love it. Like, I love I'm it. spending time with her and I get to do what I want to do at the same time. Now, what is she watching on TV? Uh, the Bachelorette or The Bachelor. Oh, fuck me. No, we, we, we watched that one. We watched that one. <laughs> and then um, usually it's the Monday night show. So it's then it's Dancing with the Stars, which it's, sometimes I find kind of interesting. Wow. But. Wow. So I, I want everyone to know. It depends on who's dancing. So. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's even wow. worse. Double wow. <laughs> so my wife watches yes. the Marvel shows on Netflix. Oh, those are awesome, though. She watches. Uh, she, she's watching The Man in the High Castle right now on good. Amazon. That's, great that's series. That's, great series. Yeah, and, very and good. football. Yeah. That's what my wife wants to watch. So that's not good. to make not to make anyone jealous. Well, have you guys cool. watched? Have you guys seen the Doctor Strange the movie? No, I haven't. No, seen it yet. but I want I'm a, to. I'm a big Doctor Strange guy, but I haven't seen uh, the movie yet. Are you Are you not Plex friends with uh with Justin Bmode? Plex? Plex? Do you not have Plex? I don't know what Plex is. No, I don't. Um, you need to get in touch with uh, Justin. Bmode, hit me up. Bmode, you need to hit up Bmode. Hit me on the up. flip side. We were really enjoying it, and I don't know. Is it even legal for me to be talking about this? I'm don't, not sure. Stop, it's a stop. There is no movie. Stop. There are no movies. B mode. Just let it go there. But Doctor Strange is very good. Of course, I saw it in the theater. I would only right. pay. Right. I would go to the theater. But, but yeah, hit, up, hit me up. Hit up let B mode. Hit up let me know the deets. <laughs> okay. I will say my wife does watch baseball with me, and I absolutely okay. Love there baseball. you go. It's one of my favorite I, sports. Baseball is baseball is now my favorite sport. It was always my favorite sport, but I'm done with football to some extent. Yeah, I love baseball. Um, I've loved it ever since. Um, being around uh, Detroit area, we have, of course, I'm a huge Tigers fan, but we have Ernie Harwell, and just listening to him when I was growing up, that I just remember spending time with my dad, listening to Tony, the games. If, Tony, if only you were coming to Game On, I'm bringing uh, History Maker Baseball with the 1977 season. We have the Detroit oh, Tigers. It's the, the funny thing is that's the year I was born as well, so that's kind of funny. The 77 Tigers are not pushovers. They're actually yeah. Yeah, it's game on's just too far, just too far away for me. Well, eventually but I, we, but we I, might we might have a midwestern convention. We might run a we, midwestern we, yeah, convention. That, yeah, uh, there's enough of us. That's for sure. You're in it'll Ohio, be, right? It'll, yeah, yeah. It'll be, I'm ba- it'll be based Ohio, out yeah. of Missouri. It'll be based in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So. I could do that. I could do that. <clears throat> is that driving or is that flying for you? I'd have to fly to Missouri. Um, if it was like Indianapolis, I'd drive. But Missouri, don't, uh, just a don't let Mister One Thousand hear that. Oh, oh! I used to live in Indianapolis. I um, I used to live right, actually, near where the general area where he lives. I, I love in the end where the podcast just becomes us kind of like talking, <laughs> literally as if we're at a bar. Like we're just like at this point, we're just like just shit chatting yeah. with each other. It's the garbage time. It's exactly. Great. It's what Mitch, it is. Mitch, Mitch was the one. He goes, "I see the podcast as a, a voicemail from my good friends." <laughs> like, like a long I love yeah. that. That's hilarious. That's great. Yeah. So I think I think initially, like we would do a second one. Dallas is going to stay. Dallas. Yep. Texas is a great location. Um, but we might do a second one in the Midwest, especially if I retire out to Missouri. We would do it in Missouri because. 
I ain't fucking driving very far for that. So I would definitely show up for that. That's for sure. It might, I might even. It put de- it in my and hometown. I'm working on. I'm working on this year. I get two personal days per year, so I'm working on this year. But I have to save up. I got to stop buying games. That's really so sad. I can save up. You only get two personal days. Well, I also have all the summer off. So if you would have it in June, July, or August, I would right. have more. Because there's so. nothing more pleasant than Missouri in July. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, Dallas in October is very pleasant. Yeah, it is. That's right. It's so that's my game. That's, so Quattro Bra is my game. Uh, Jason, what's up? You so, have a game? Well, while we're talking about oh. the, the convention, Dave, plug the, the, the email address again. I, I've heard a couple people said they've, they've submitted right. for, for this year. So, so we've got a, it's AAC convention, AAC convention at gmail.com. And uh, we're trying to get a feel for interest. Oh, so, um, you, you need to plug now because otherwise you're going to be out. Like if we get, it gets filled up, we're looking for interest feeds. So, yep. and, and this year it's, it's invite only, right? That, that's correct. Some people will get plus ones. Okay. Um, but they will be responsible for their plus ones. Yep. And they may so get can... their invitation revoked if their plus one is a complete fucking douchebag. So and, you can get kicked out of the group if you bring a bad person. That's right. You're responsible for the behavior of your plus one, just like at the Playboy Mansion. And 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 we're trying to get a place that's a little bit more BYOB friendly, if I understand correctly. Yeah, the challenge now is I think John has to figure out uh, when the uh, college games are scheduled because those will affect. So we're trying to like fit between uh, Texas's football yep. schedule. So the Texas-Oklahoma game, I think, is the problem. Oh, no, I think that's a problem for him, but I think in Dallas it's the uh, – Well, it's, it's a reservation problem, though, because I think they have the game in Dallas. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. they at usually the have it in, at, at the, the stadium. Yeah, yeah right. So it's, the, at the Red monstrosity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, so that's the issue. They, they that, that weekend we don't want to be on, so he's trying to figure out when they're going to do it for that weekend, and then we'll, we'll base it off that. I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to going. Tony, you have to get there. It was I'm, I'm the best on weekend of the year. It sounded like so much fucking fun. I really wanted to be there, um, and I want to go there. But you know, teaching is just yeah. If it was any other month other than October, yeah, I, I understand. But I will make a donation for a coin at the least. <laughs> there you go. No, it's it's very it's a very mercenary operation. I mean, if you pay for the registration. And you don't come, we will give you a coin. Of course, of course. I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm at least minimum gonna do that because I like to hear the stories afterwards at the best. Well, it's kind of like you're contributing to the other guys, right? To the guild, to the group. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like in saying, exactly. "Hey, I'm gonna yeah. push in my money so you guys can have fun." Like Tyler got a coin out of it; he didn't go. Mm-hmm. And you're investing right. in your future because there will the eventually coin. be free drinks based on your coin. That's right, Tony. Eventually, that coin's gonna pay for itself. Exactly. So there you go. Um, Sweet. So Jason, I, I've got Jason. a bunch of sock monkeys staring at me right now. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? I'm actually in my bedroom, and apparently my daughter has set up sock monkeys on the end of the bed, and they're staring at me. Oh my gosh! So hey, <laughs> hey, well, well, Tony, let's talk you down from this. <laughs> Jason, do you have a game that you want to review? Or? I do, and Tony's going to help me out. So I'm I'm five scotches in. Okay, and, and I'm Tony's, only three. Tony's three scotches in. But and I'm I finished gonna, my bottle, I'm gonna so make, I can't have any more. Tony's out of scotch. I'm going to make mine coherent. 
So I am okay. going to talk about in magnificent. Well, I'm going to make it coherent. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> why did you have to, Why did you have me go first? I was fine. No, I'm I'm fine. My mouth just doesn't work. I'm going to talk about in magnificent style from your, Victory Point Games. And your mouth networking is great for a <sighs> podcast. And that's that's, that's right. what happens. That's, right. that's the basis of this podcast. <laughs> So this is, uh, as Tony stated earlier, it's it's a game on Pickett's Charge. It's a solo game only, uh, and it plays in like 30 to 50 minutes kind of thing. It's very fast. Basically, from a high level, it's a push-your-luck dice game that's that's kind of molded around Pickett's, Pickett's Charge. It's very easy to play. Um, basically, what you do is you have a line of, uh, I'm going to say, nine brigades Yes, uh, in three divisions, so three brigades per division, and they're oh, Tony they're... can barely Tony can barely contain himself. Doing this <laughs> <laughs> he's like, let me get the outline in, and then we can talk about it. So it's <laughs> it's three divisions, not three brigades each, so nine brigades, and they're going up. Uh, you know, up going up the hill in a series of squares. What you do on your turn is you activate one of those brigades and you roll on them until you decide that they're done or uh, or they break and then that brigade is done. They're they're marked as activated and you you go through the rest of the brigades. Uh, there you do that basically four times or four turns. You activate all of your brigades once per turn. Um. The ultimate goal, obviously, is to take Cemetery Ridge um, and the and the cops of trees up there um, by bayonet charge, um, and that's really it. I mean, it's it's a very very simple game. Once you read through the rules once, and you're immediately playing. It's very easy. It's just rolling, rolling, rolling. But because of how simple it is, and 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 this game really kind of made me kind of click into what I'm looking for in a game is the rules become transparent almost immediately and so you're just into the story of what's happening to these guys um, so you don't have to worry about what is you know 3.5 it's just I need to get my guys up the hill and when they take losses and when they get pushed back and they have to retreat it, it hurts every single time even though I'm not sympathetic obviously to that cause but you're trying to achieve an objective, and, and when they get pushed back, you feel it. Um, it's it's so. So, Jason, what, what's 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 the mechanism that's it's, used? It's for like... literally just a push your luck game. So you roll two dice. Um, it's it's um, and then you, <clears throat> Tony, you're gonna have to start helping me out. So yeah, you roll two you dice. You look at a chart. Yeah, and it you tells look at a chart. You, yeah, and and it's a it's and it tells you what to do whether you advance. Exactly. Um, so it's like a bell curve, right? So um, if you roll a one, it's bad. If you roll a six, it's good. If you roll doubles, it's something kind of out of the ordinary. Everything else is basically good. Um, yeah, and you, if you and roll you get double ones, yeah. If you roll double ones, it's horrible. It's oh, so you it's, get kind of like a, it's like a it's like a gambling game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. It's, it's like, like it's like craps. Yeah. It's like craps. Yep. yep. 
with Pickett's charge. Exactly. But but you get some extra benefits if you have your um if you have your division commander. So if you have Pickett or Trumbull or whatever with a certain division, you can flip them over and re-roll the dice. Right. So you get a re-roll. There's there's also okay. there, there is some like small strategic elements to it or or grand tactical where there there is a certain order you want to go in once you take one hex or one it's really one square if if you get one group through the the defense then there is obviously a a, a place that you because you get a benefit for for having this the square next to uh the defending square to, to like, take like the rest of the ridge flanking them, like right exactly them you, you kind of want to spread out from there but as at the beginning you're really just picking any one of these nine squares to activate and then you just you're rolling 2d6 you're you're checking your movement events uh there's more to it with like random events and stuff like that that can happen but it's it's mostly just to push your luck if you roll a one it's bad if you roll a six it's good if you roll doubles there's something kind of out of the ordinary and then other than that you get to advance one square toward your objective and and now when you say you when you roll a one you're rolling two dice right right so if one of the yeah, two yeah, dice yeah. is a one it's bad no matter what yeah you and then when you say it's a one you, six now when you roll a six the six is again on one of the dice right so if you yeah. roll a one the you take heavy dice. fire you, you you take hits equals to the defense that you're facing. Um, you get to you flip to your shaken side, and then you draw a you. So you're you're the Confederates charging up the hill. Um, so you you draw a a Union event that's usually bad for you, and then okay. you, and then you okay. can activate again, but you're shaken. So if you take another fire, then then you're shaken, and you have to route back to you now, your rally now jason have you have you won this game i have so i've played this probably four times how did you do that because i have not so it was my second time playing and i just i think through jason won it because he's a trained army cook <laughs> while you're a history teacher exactly. Tony, you're a history teacher i brought i brought seven years yeah. of in-depth uh tactical knowledge to the table um no it 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 was kind of I, I I actually got a strategic victory like it was okay a, a it was, blowout. Well, I got one of the things that I got was I actually made it with Pickett's division and took out two of the Union spots, which is of course ahistorical. So I've taken so, out my my one victory was I took eight of the nine positions. That's impressive. It okay, was, so J- so Jason, you kind of stopped though. Like, how did you do it? Like. You attack across, and so or it's, is it just it's die, luck, it's die rolling? It's just die rolling, right? Yes, it is. So it there 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 is a huge I mean, amount basically of just luck. running across a field and then like hoping you roll really well. Yes, yeah, but, because there's but, actually obstacles that you but, have to get over, and you have to roll a certain number to get over those obstacles. So there is a huge amount of luck, but there's also you have four turns to get up. So there there's also like you understand okay i've gotten to this point i'm 50 percent up the hill and i'm on turn one it's probably time to stop and you kind of regroup where you are so there there is some mitigation that you can do as to when you actually stop and not push your luck too much my first game i i pushed and pushed and pushed and just tried to get up the hill too fast and then you end up retreating all the way back down and and kind of fucking yourself in the long run so so there is some mitigation but yes there is it's mostly just the luck of the die 
Um, so my second game, I, I, I kicked ass, but then also kind of made two breakthroughs and then spread out from there. And so that kind of helps you, you take the objective squares. Um, now are certain units better at like, like weathering the attack? No, not really. If no, no, not at all. So you can assign a general to one of the brigades per division and they will have, you can flip the general as like a a re-roll your dice kind of thing like like tony mentioned but, but there's no differentiation no, between they, the, the combat qualities of there's the no combat no they're all the same on that guy. yeah so the the units yeah, themselves no, no, don't just have any forward. ratings on them it's just each each brigade has down at the bottom of the map their strength factor and they will take hit points against that as they take fire but each individual brigade has just the same. They start out at the same. They're they're just kind of running up. You can also soften up the U.S. Um, the yep. uh, the uh, Union side as well to help reduce the number. Um, and also, once you get like the first, like the like Jason said, the first turn you're just moving. But once if you can get one breakthrough, then breakthrough, and you can actually take a position from the union, then you have a different idea of who you want to go so you can get up because you get benefits for taking one union position. And if somebody else is attacking the one next to it, you actually get a positive die roll modifier. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, that's it. It's, it's very easy to play. It's a very simple game. I gotta say, it sounds like I would, I would hate this game. You would hate this game. Yeah, Dave, you would hate this game. You would yeah. hate I'm already, yes. I'm already yes. feeling like I, I hate the game. You're bored. You're bored already. For me, this is this is exactly what I'm looking for, especially in a in a victory points game. I I, I don't see where you where like where do you uh, influence the battle? Like how how is this related to the actual charge? So, so it's there. I mean, it's very minimal. It's just on the surface, which brigades you activate in which order is kind of how you influence things um but it's mostly you're rolling dice and and looking things up and letting the game play out but it does pull you right in because the rules are so easy and so transparent every hit one of your brigades takes kind of hurts a little bit it's you know it's pushing against your objective um this is not for everybody. I will say that it's obviously not for Dave. Yes, this, definitely. This game was almost made for me. Like, it's it's. I love I love it too, Jason. I think we have very similar tastes. I, I think so. I because well, I like, love it. But it seems like like the taste is like there's like there's no effort on the player to do. No, there's much. So no, we're, no, we're, you we're get, simplifying you get, it a little bit. It's yeah, you get sucked into it because you get when you have to start all over again from the beginning because you rolled a double one. Right. So there's not a ton of decision making. You're not doing any strategic planning. It's it's very straightforward, but there, there's a little bit more decision making than, than, than I'm making it out to be. You immediately get invested in these troops because once that initial, if you have a six space route, it hurts like immediately. It, it, but Dave, don't buy this game. This isn't no, for you. No, Dave, don't. No, it's not for you. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, what I would say is like when I look at, uh, and I'll be honest, um, my my family's from Missouri, and so we tend to be more southern oriented. Like I have relatives in Georgia. When I look at units that are Confederate, I look at where they're from. Like I, for me, some value in a in a Civil War game is 
I want to know where the units are from, like what areas of the country, like what counties, what states. So that stuff's important to me. I don't know if that's no. <laughs> and the one thing that's takes... in there in the designer yeah. notes, but it's yeah. not in the gameplay. Yeah, and the one thing um, is that the union does fight back. They have after each turn, you have to draw a number of um, kind of random events that actually can affect the union as a positive or negative. And then you can also draw, depending on what you roll, you can draw a uh, positive or negative event for you as well. So it actually adds a little bit to it, um, which random events, I love random events in games, and this one just makes it worthwhile because sometimes, every once in a while, you get that one, that one chit that you draw for the union that actually helps you. Right. Um, yeah. There's a lot of that kind of swingy stuff and some crazy events that happen. No, I think it sounds like fun. I mean, it's, like I guess, and, and that's what it is. It it's would very be, fun. Yeah. It would be one of those ones where you would play it while you're watching TV with your wife if it was for you. But Dave, don't get it. No, I, I <laughs> I've seen it at a convention. I thought it looked cool, and now I'm having heard you guys review it. I'm glad I didn't buy it. Right. Because I think yeah. I would have been angry. I think it yeah. Be exactly. Upset. Yeah. So for me, this is a perfect game. I mean, it's exactly what I was looking for for my American Civil War fix. Um, our other Tony K, the the Aussie. This is a game that he would enjoy. Yeah, it's very, yeah. very, you know, low counter density, very small footprint, very easy to play. Um, for that, it's 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 great. If you're looking for um, what I would call a clay stone game, it, it you know shy away. This isn't this isn't what you're looking for. Yeah. Oh wow. If, oh yeah. That's a, if, that's a big reach, Jason. So you don't think this is a clay stone game? This is not a clay stone. <laughs> this is not a clay stone game. No, definitely not. No. When no, OS... not at all. Yeah. <laughs> he would look at you kind of crazy. Yeah, and he does. He does. And that's yeah, fine. I was talking. I was talking to Newell, who runs the uh, game mm -hmm. on convention, and I, he's playing a game with clay stone. I'm like, get a watch out for clay. I'm like, seriously, clay. When he's the inactive player, he yep. will seduce your wife. <laughs> Like you think you're being the active See, player. And he's, Meanwhile, Clay is moving behind the scenes. He'll, he'll make it happen. He has no idea what he's running and, into, dude. I mean, Clay was the one who's like, "Hey, can I talk shit while we're playing?" Like, like, oh please, Clay. Please. Clay's playing on a whole different level yeah. from from Jeff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah, Clay's kind of the aberration of of wargaming, and he doesn't care about the history. He cares about the of the actual game. He wants to kick your ass. Well, no, he's yeah. into the yeah. he's into the systems, the and systems, the way it works, yeah. and the, the yeah, easy, the more complicated, the better. Well, when, a lot. Yeah, but OCS there, isn't part, complicated enough for him. No, there, there's, yeah, there, there's part. <laughs> I of me kind of freaked out when he said that. Uh -huh. There, there's part of me that likes that. I like the systems. I like. The way it works, but they, I need more of an interaction with the history. That Clay's more like it's a challenge for him. So yeah, yeah, so that's, it'll be that's, interesting to see how yeah. Jeff does. So I'm going to give Jeff this game. Might be, uh, Jeff, oh, Jeff might be uh, Jeff might be unconscious uh, in a sleeper hole <laughs> by the end of the game. <laughs> Please take pictures if he is. I, I hope so. Yeah, right, no, so Jace, go ahead. Newell in a sleeper hold is a uh, is a sight to behold. So I'm going to give Magnificent Style an 8, um, and it's it's at 12 beers. I mean, it's very easy. It's, yeah. it's one that you it's can simple. get drunk and, 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 and kind of, you know, silent weep as your guys die. Um, it's very brutal. I, I've won one of the 
four games I've played. Tony, I don't know if you've you, you said you haven't won I've at got all. two yeah, I haven't won at all. I've played twice. Um and I'm like I've got the box sitting right next to me and I'm like almost gonna break it out and play it. You should. Um, so so Jason, did you cheer when you won? I did. I I um how, how did you celebrate the win? So um I'm on push a talk or else I would I would recreate it. But it was I clap very loud. Uh so it was a loud clap and and a uh an arms above the head kinda yes. Um it was also eleven o'clock at night and I was drunk um but that has nothing to do with how excited i was were you in the game room or like a living so yes um <laughs> that does not answer <laughs> the living space the family space so we have we have it's like a great room and and my my war game table is in there and it's caged off now from the two-year-old because he's tall enough to grab stuff so i had um yeah, the grabber not he's not gonna- not to peek behind the curtain, but there's solitaire rules being developed for a game that uh, Dave, you and I both like a lot and talked a lot about last year. There's there's some solitaire games that might happen, some solitaire rules for that game that might happen. And I was I had those rules set up, and uh, they were completely destroyed by by the the child. Uh, so now everything's kind of caged in. But is this is this a game that has part of a rare metal in its name yes yeah and and a knife type in implement okay right. yeah um and, hi, hi. So i get it okay. <laughs> yeah um, not subtle it was not, not subtle not, so not don't, don't, pat, subtle don't so, pat yeah, yourself on the back yeah. much, subtlety is not not our our strong suit yeah um, but i i woke my 14 year old daughter up when i won because i was i was cheering and and clapping and she was not happy with me because I was right next to her. But lots of fun, very simple, um, right in my wheelhouse. Uh, lo- loads of fun. T- Tony, what would you give it? I would definitely say eight out of ten, just because it is kind of simple. But yeah, you can drink as much as you want mm-hmm. on this one. Mm-hmm. Once you get the rules down, read the rules before you start drinking, and then drink, and then you'll be okay. Yeah, because the Victory Point Games rules, like there's so many colors and weird things that sometimes are hard to see through that stuff yeah. but they're they're easy well, in general yeah i remember i was listening to an interview with actually herman lutton i think it was on um who was interviewing him it was um war games to go that guy um and he because just because he was talking that's, about Dunkirk that's david's and, buddy yeah how dare you tony how dare you i actually i actually enjoyed it and he was saying that most solitaire games have to have about a 20 percent win and you really don't want to win the first time you play yeah and that's the way for I play. Sure. when I, if yep. i play a solitaire game i don't want to win the first time. matter of fact i want to get my ass kicked the first time yep because if i'm even close to winning i know it's not a good solitaire yeah it gets boring so that's it all right boys Dave, you said you had more stuff to talk about. Don't, don't, fucking... don't, don't try to wrap it up. <laughs> hey, I've still got 12 minutes before it's date night. Yep. So. All right, talk amongst yourselves for like two seconds. So I, I just want to say on the t-shirt front, there has been talk about having the Teespring store act as a store. Um, they're working on that. I've I've been in communication with it, and it's actually going to be like a three-day rotation, so we can have a three-day campaign, and anything that m- 
you know, with a, a goal of one shirt. So if one shirt sells every three days, then then we're fine, and it will print. Um, so that's happening. It hasn't happened quite yet, but but be patient. The shirts will be active in the near future, and you can just buy them at at will. That's that's cool because I've got a couple, but I wanted to get a couple more. Now. <clears throat> yeah, and it's it's such a pain to have to do it like at a specific time, and then you know it's right before Christmas, and that's not a good time. And then maybe in the summer, it's not a good time for other people. So this will be just kind of every three days you can you can buy a shirt if you if you want or not. <clears throat> um, and the last campaign was pretty successful for us. We we appreciate it. Also. Um, I know there was a call for a cocktail segment of the show, and Dave's not here to participate in it. It's been more than two seconds, but I wanted to uh, to do a brief cocktail segment, if that's if that's fine with you, Tony. That's good with me. So every, we're both drinking scotch, so let's do a scotch cocktail. Other, I don't know scotch cocktails. So this is. It's called Bobby Burns, and this is kind of straightforward. So, like, the main scotch cocktail is a Rob Roy, which is two ounces of scotch with one ounce of sweet vermouth. Have you had one of those? No, I have not. I do have some that I will contribute, but I have not. But that sounds really good. I'm a big martini guy. Okay. So this is kind of like a, a it's a it's a Scotch Manhattan, basically. So a Bobby okay. Burns is is kind of a slight take on that. It's an ounce and a half of scotch, an ounce and a half of sweet vermouth, and then three quarters ounce Benedictine. Um, so you kind of get equal parts scotch and sweet vermouth with some of that Benedictine uh, kind of medicinal herbal note in the in the back end. Uh, you're gonna st- stir that all with ice and then strain it into a coupe. This is fun. You garnish it with a lemon twist and a shortbread cookie. That's that's what the recipe calls for. That's inter- the cookie's interesting. I, I like it. I like a shortbread cookie with my scotch. So that's you know you don't put it in the drink. Obviously, you just kind of put it put it to the side. Put it aside. Yeah. I've had a Bobby Burns in a in a bar in San Francisco. Very very good stuff. Um, kind of has that that Manhattan Rob Roy notes. Good good stuff. What's your scotch What's your- cocktail? Well, I don't have a scotch cocktail, but I have something that I created um, just because I was curious one night, and I, I called like it a doctor. I called it a Doctor Jameson, mm. and basically, and don't ask me how much of each because I have no idea because I was drunk and I just decided to put together. But it is Doctor Pepper and Jameson whiskey, not the high end stuff, <laughs> just the standard stuff, and it was phenomenal. That's I excellent. loved it, so I called it a Doctor Jameson. Yeah, like it, it. it's that's not refined. That's not a refined drink. <laughs> that's that's okay. So my my wife has a drink she calls a fancy Dr Pepper, which is uh you know like four or five ounces or six ounces whatever of Dr Pepper with a shot of Malibu in it, and that's her like that used to be her go to pool drink. We'd go to the pool and she'd take that. And I don't know why it's fancy because Malibu isn't very fancy, but it's a it's a fancy Dr Pepper. Well, I have put Sprite in tequila before. Oh, that sounds rough. It's not. It tastes like vanilla. Yeah. It has like a vanilla taste to it. It's a, but I think if... Uh, didn't, Are you uh, using we, Costco Sprite or like Sprite Sprite? Sprite Sprite. Like, <laughs> okay. No, like when we Costco brought in... Uh, no, when we brought in uh, Clay, Clay drank uh, tequila and ginger ale. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, it's, and that's that a one. similar flavor, I think. Yeah. It's, it's got a vanilla y flavor. I was surprised. And it was one of those where I was looking at the liquor cabinet like, okay, what's left? What soldiers are still standing in the ranks? <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't it what what did you what did you end up drinking that one night that you found in a plastic bottle? The scotch in the plastic bottle. That, that scotch actually ended up being pretty good, I think. Really? That was, really? That was a good scotch. What was it called? Like Oh Jesus. I, I think I, mean, I know which one you're talking about. I mean, about. do you want me to go get it? I can no. go look. No. So Did you hear my, my cocktail segment? The Bobby Burns? Just, was it just now? Because I was gone. And then I just came back. So, so no. Dave, Dave, just to recap. The cocktail is called Bobby Burns. It's an ounce, okay. and a, ounce and a half of scotch. Okay. Blended scotch. Don't use anything expensive. An ounce and a half of sweet vermouth. And three quarters ounce Benedictine. You're going to stir that with ice, strain it into a coupe, garnish with a lemon twist and a shortbread cookie. And, and you're good to go. Who, who's making the fucking shortbread cookie? Where am I going to get this shit from? So my wife, every year in my stocking. You can buy those at Costco. Exactly. Ugh. So now, But that's a lot or, of ingredients, dude. It's, no, it's three hey, here, ingredients. No, no here, here's my secret. Bushmills, on the rocks, yeah. splash of water. Yeah. Okay. So you put water and ice in it. I put it up. No, it, so you well, put water well, and water in. Basically, <laughs> l- let me be frank here, Jason. If you if, and you if, and Brad are ice, hang up on if the, if the ice is turning into water, you're a pussy. That yeah, shit should be drank way before. Well, <laughs> I now, see. now, 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 wait a second here. I know, I, I know, Bushville's Irish whiskey, but Scotch you're supposed to drink with water. If you yeah, go over I'm, to Scotland, you're supposed to drink it with water. Just you a couple splash. drops. You have a yeah. splash. Just take off the vapors. I have a drop. Well, that's I. I always just have my scotch on the rocks. That's always, but usually there's still rocks left over afterwards. <laughs> but but since I discovered Irish, I really don't do scotch as much. Like I used to do scotch a lot more, like scotch and soda and stuff like that. Nope. But I can't drink Irish whiskey. Scotch on the rocks all the way. You, Jason, you don't like Irish whiskey. I, so I like Tillamore Dew. I don't like Jameson. Um. It's been a long time since I've had Bushmills. Have you had the 18-year Jameson? Oh, fuck all that. No, 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 seriously. Seriously, the 18-year Jameson. It's $75, right? Uh, yes. Uh, oh, fuck off. No. Down, fuck off, so, Tony. No, so fuck off, Tony. No fucking no smooth. It no drinks so Just better. buy heroin. Tony, just go buy heroin at that point. I, I, <laughs> hey, we are like one of the heroin capital, capitals of the world right now, apparently. I, I drink too much to drink $75 booze. Well, my Scott, I think this bottle was 54 but, I mean, it's finished now. It's empty. But, um, no, Bush, yeah. Bushmills is fine for me. I'll drink Bushmills on the rocks with a splash of water, and I will just fucking get lit up. So, I'll drink That's a 10... Yeah, I'll that's what scotch is for me. A tenth, a tenth of that. A, a, a half a fifth. That's right. <clears throat> I like that's it. Right. Then I eyeball it, and then I'm like, oh shit, I need to hide that from my wife. Because <laughs> she sees where that's at. I'm going to be in trouble. I do that with but, my with my old Forester. But I'm, but I'm more of a bourbon guy. Irish whiskey is great for like daytime drinking. Like if you can do like you're off for the day and your wife's kind of coming in and out, running the kids back and forth. You're like, hey, good luck. All right, I have fun. And they're like, oh, now I'm going to watch some BoJack Horseman just get completely <laughs> drunk. And drunk history. Where do you watch drunk history, Dave? 
I have not watched it in a while. Um, I will say that right now my current drunk watchings are Jack Horseman, uh, Cops, and Cheaters. No, but but is can you watch um, Drunk History somewhere online? No, I watch it through like whatever, like Roku or whatever I have. And, I, you can and get on Roku and do the Roku history um, app. The, the history. It has a history. App. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you just sign in with your cable company. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, most, most, Thank of you, my, Tony. most of my most of my current drunk watching is cheaters and uh, cops. That hurts Reloaded. my heart. That's so good. What Dude, cheaters want, is so what good. What you want to do? Dude, cheaters is so good. Like I watch it; it's so funny. I I cannot get enough cheaters. When the guy runs through the park and the, the cameras are chasing him, he's like, "Hey, dude, I lost my keys." And then he has to <laughs> like he has to ride with Joey Greco home with the girl. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> That's fun. That's heartbreaking. That's <laughs> so great. It's so yeah. Great. I told my wife, I'm like, I don't have the energy to shape. Like, like, I, like it's. Not I know. Happening. Seriously, I just want to get in bed and read. Like who? I, yeah. Who has? Who has yeah. this much effort? Look. No, not not me. Not me. Nope, not me either. My wife. I, now, now I suffer from the. I started gaming after I got married, so that's a little. You and me both, brother. Yeah, well, you said you that, and Jason, both. and I, I was know. like, I know what you're talking about, but <clears> like yeah. Monday you nights, you can't when overcome that. Nope. When Monday nights comes along and it's like um, Bachelorette, I'm like, that's my time. Like, I get the so, kids in bed and it's my time. So, so Tony, for you, like, like, uh, how did you meet your wife? Uh, high school. We're actually high school sweethearts. Yeah. All right, so did you grow up in the area that you currently teach? Uh, yes, uh, different school system, but yes. So is your wife kind of understanding about the wargaming? Did she know what she was getting into, or was that not part of the Well, deal? once I kind of explained to her like what it, why I like it so much, she's like, oh, that makes sense. Because she knows how much I love history, and these war games are all about history and stuff like that. So she like understands where I come from. Was, and was, then, was the explanation post-marriage or pre-marriage? Yes, very much so. Like, I've only been, I've been, well, that I've been playing it's, it's war games for about recent, right? it, two years. It's, it's, yes, it's three, years, two, three years. Three years. Three years for me. So I've been married for 15 or will be 15 in June. God bless. Oh, my I God. It. I thought you were, yeah. that's, you were way younger than that. Tony, you're really old. <laughs> he said he graduated high school in 96. 96. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Old, but I'm not maybe, younger, maybe younger really than old. you, Dave. Maybe I'm younger. really old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let that one go, Dave. I really am. But no, like once she understood why I love it so much, and like also I explained like the guilt. Like Dave, when you came back, you talked about coming back from the con and talking about how these guys are so great, and like they're like who you want to be around. I'm like that's what I tell her, and she's like, oh, that makes sense. We have twins, and she gets around a whole bunch of twin moms. And like that, like fits her, and so like it kind of like she kind of understands it. I dig it. All right, Dave, Dave my, tapped out. Yeah, my <laughs> wife is my wife has announced to me that we're done. Okay, okay. <laughs> and Tony, it's it's probably date time. Yeah, we're going out a double date tonight, so it'll be really fun. And Good I luck. get to play Viticulture after we get back, so oh, it's nice. not too bad. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty nice. Yeah, the, the the couple that we play against is uh high school friends and they like playing games, so at least I get to play a little bit of game board games after that, so I dig it. 
All right, boys. I look to my right. My wife is sitting there like, are you done? Have you finished yet? <laughs> Tell- <laughs> so we're done. Send the wife my uh, love. My yeah. wife just texted me, are you done yet? Oh, yes. So we're right there. So. All right, boys. Love you guys. Love you guys. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Visit us at http colon slash slash boardgamegeek.com slash build slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com.